No, it, it's it's totally fine. So uh, you want to do a show? Let's let's do a show. Yeah. All right, there it is. I finally got. I went. Do you get rid of all your old phones? You know, I. Uh, no, I mean, I I think I turned some of them back in when I got new ones. Turn them in. <clears throat> Where you give them back to AT and T or whatever if you're getting an iPhone from them. You I, do that? I think because I only have. I have like old Blackberries. That's, oh. that's what I have. Well, yeah, because I don't. I thought those Props. days of like turning things in were over. I didn't think you did that anymore. You just walk out back and whip it as far as you can. Yeah. Well, I know with iPhones, it's like I don't think you turn them in. And like, I guess you can lease iPhones now because they're so expensive. Is that it? You can just pay like a monthly payment on them or something like that. Oh, I'm embarrassed for us as a people. Oh, I, well, they are expensive. Like some of them are over a thousand dollars. Oh, dude, I know, I know. And then they tell you like, oh, you're due for an upgrade. Come in and get a phone. And then like. Okay, your phone bill. We'll do, no, let's break it into payments. So your phone bill will just be. What do you usually pay? Seventy-five. Okay, your phone bill will just be three thousand a month for six months, and uh, it'll be broken out into payments. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> what welcome, is this? welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. This is great news. The uh, um, no, I so I have all my. I have like a box of old phones. Like I have. I did take my sister's old flip phone from the mid '90s. That's just a collector's you gotta item. You got to put that. Me. That's going to go to the Smithsonian. You know the old Motorola flip phones. It's going into Fonzie's jacket pocket. My wife, being a lawyer, like I was never a BlackBerry guy. Um, oh, I love that. I'm not a BlackBerry guy. Well, I wasn't. I, w- I never got into that whole thing. But I was I, forced I was, into it. I did Nextel, which that was a fuck Nextel. <laughs> it was so, so the whole concept of like. <laughs> I mean, think about this. The whole concept of, ne- of, of of Nextel was like, I know you have a cell phone, but why don't you just go ahead and treat it like a walkie-talkie instead? It's like, or or just treat it like a cell phone. I can't. I mean, but they I, said you bypass the, um, back then, uh, data still, or not data, uh, f- uh, phone uh, minutes was yeah, still a thing. That was a, like, I had, I, told, I said this before, when I was a production assistant, I had two phones. I had my phone, and then I had a Nextel that I wore on my belt like a dick. Mm. And uh, I, that would be the thing that, like, if my other friends had a, had a Nextel, we would use. I would use that phone off off hours and just instead of paying for minutes and data and all that shit, and just use that and be like, beep, beep, where are you? Beep, beep. Okay, here I am. Beep, beep. Coming over. Beep, beep. Bring and beer. The, the beep, boop, beep. Enough with the bump ups, right? Like that was the thing with that. So I got rid of that. I had some Sprint flip phones and all that kind of stuff. But we, anyway, not to bore. But so I'm using an old iPhone to play this music because it's old as we've music. Had, no, because we've had that problem. Remember, with the new iPhones, you don't have the uh, microphone adapter Yeah, they're anymore. taking everything away. Pretty soon, it's going to be a thing that the battery dies and you have to throw it out right away. Yeah, yeah. It'll be disposable like the uh, boomboxes and the transistor radios Dude. of our youth. The uh, No, so it's... It, um, they're trying to go wireless. That's their whole thing. Anyway, uh-huh. um, uh, enough of that whole uh, really exciting uh, cell phone uh-huh. conversation. But, but I will say, it takes a special kind of guy now to still belt clip... Your phone. Oh, it yeah, takes man. a special. Well, this was two thousand two. No, no. But that but was. But when it first came out, everything was exciting. There were there was basic accessories, and it, the basic check accessories out were my phone. something. The accessory always was around how it clipped to your body. Like that was the the primary accessory before iPhones became like this big thing, right? But now, because there's so many other things, and most people like are constantly having it in their hands and ignoring everybody in the world. Um, but. Wearing a belt clip one, it, now it sticks out to me when I see it. I'm like, oh, of course, dude, because whoever's that. doing that is also tucking their shirt in and they look like a <laughs> psycho. God damn. Wait, before before we bring in our guests, I, wa- I want to say uh, I was at the DC Comedy Loft last week. Say it. And uh, say the it. crowds were uh, small but mighty. I had a really good time. And um, if you, we, uh, the guy, this guy, Steve, uh, the elevator guy, who listens, he's listened to both, my, he listens to my other podcast and this podcast. 
We've been like communicating online for a bunch of times. He drove. Are you like, guys dating? We are now. Okay. He drove like two or three hours, four hours with his buddy Todd to see uh, to see the show on Thursday night. They road tripped for you. They road tripped. That's how much he likes and, you. And had it not been for like this other person, I had to spend time with because she came with a bunch of people that I she I knew her from high school. But okay. I would have like I would have rather sat with Steve and Todd and talked about like these guys are like dead fans and like they know comedy. Okay, like, so they're used to road tripping. They're yeah. used to road tripping, and it was just a lot of fun to just finally meet those guys and 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 hang out. And and uh, also I got Eddie and Jen in there too. So so if you did go to the shows in D.C. and you enjoyed that venue, uh, it's a lot of fun. James runs a good a Eddie good and club. Jen were there with you? No, but I'm going to get they. But oh, they're going to thanks get, for not saying anything about me. They're going to get dude. I mean, what do you? Every time I talk to you, I don't do stand up. I don't do. I'm not a stand because nobody stand-up. books me. I well, told then, you guys. You know last why week. nobody books you? Because you walk around saying you're not a stand up. If you were trying to get when, I, when you say work, walk around, you mean in this room that I almost <laughs> never leave and only talking I, to you. All right, guys, our guest for today. You're in. He's in. Um. Uh, artist, uh, writer, actor, producer. Don't punch Burl Ives. <laughs> Sorry. Editor, uh, all around kind of production utility, creator of content. Donald Ian Black is with us there today. There he is. General entertainer. General, General entertainer. entertainer. Kind of like, kinda like Burl Ives. Other. Kinda, yeah, the, the, uh, I'm a throwback the, to an era. The Burl Ives of East that. Hollywood. Burl, that, that guy right there would never make it in today in this world. Like, do you know what I mean? If you look at it, oh, that, that was a Bing time. Oh, and Crosby would? Like, right. No, but, but specifically Burl. I mean, look at Burl Ives. I mean, <laughs> no one's going to be like, yeah, let's get more of this out there. Let's put, let's Dude, put some. that guy would be in every Sandler movie. <laughs> He, he has the widest fingers on the smallest ukulele. You need to use your microphone, sir. I'm sorry. Am I not on it? On it? You yeah, gotta sorry. get. You gotta get on it, Don. Yeah, widest get on fingers. it, man. Don, the widest my... fingers on the smallest ukulele. Burl lives. Um, but yeah, that, I just don't think that's. I mean, granted, it was you know place and time for everything, but right. just just <laughs> what I'm saying is a guy with a ukulele, Hawaiian shirt. I mean, yes, he would be a comedy character on Funny or Die. But as far as having an actual 17 uh, album career, no, like, no, 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 yeah, he wouldn't be a recording artist that we all threw well, Grammys also, at. J- just when you think about like of the era too, when popular entertainers were older, yeah, know, it, yes. it is a really funny phenomenon because it's like the you know obviously ageism is like a cultural whatever, but like in our business too, it's like you know. Just got to wear these. No, but you're right. Even, even the baseball players, entertainers, yeah. like everybody was just older back in the day. Like, I'm 40. I'm just getting into the majors. I'm just, right. I'm, I'm, I'm I'll take that one step further. And I can't remember if we talked about this on the, on the show. But again, one of the other things was um, that the entertainers, there was way more game shows. Mm-hmm. Way, they, were t- they, they were part of the talk show circuit. They were the fillers. Yeah. And so they would use all these old vaudeville, like old actors, like people that really had their chops. They used them. For their speed of entertainment in these all these game shows that were on TV at the time, right. and all these, and you know, obviously there was only you know Johnny Carson, but like he filled those seats, man, with a lot of those old dudes, and we're just yeah. kids, and we're laughing our asses off, not because you know, it, not because it's oh, it's silly grandpa. I just to me, they were just funny people. Well, also, and, and also they were all of the same era, so yeah. they all connected, like yep. like that's like Bob Hope and Bing Crosby could be quick with each other because they were from the same time and they knew the same things and. They had the same kind of sensibility, you know what I mean? Like I don't really know of... if it really exists anymore. I know Letterman used to love having Tony Randall on the show yeah, just yeah, randomly yeah. and stuff like that. And Tony Randall hadn't been doing things for you know decades, you know. Yeah. But and I love that I that there is that part of it. But I think all of them have like their guy. They're like they're like oh I love having like like Carson like Rickles like if right. if Carson could have I'm Rick... talking about now yeah like... I know but I mean like I think everybody has that kind of thing like 
I don't know who it would be for Conan, but like I'm sure Conan has a guest where he's like, I don't care what this person has to promote. Let's get them on as much yeah. as possible. They're a right. funny comedian. They're a funny actress. Whatever it is. Well, I feel um, like you know, in a way, there, there's like a place for everybody. And I know it's like it's one thing if like if you're using material that's like you know, like the uh, the original Ghost of the Hayworth material from the, right. You know, what I mean? like there's no place for that material. Right. Right. However, uh, oh, if they haven't evolved, if they're still doing like racist humor from right. the twenties, right. no place for that. Right. Uh, right. But I, I think brave like, of you to say, Don. Uh, <laughs> I there's mean, no place the for whole, racism like, on stage. Diverse, yeah, I'm not saying that. <laughs> uh, it's the like diverse voices in stuff, you know. Yeah. Where I think there's there's room for, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm not sure how much of it is a, is a symptom of people not having fresh ideas, or how much of it is a symptom of like pure like corporate ageism. That's that's a marketing issue. You know what I mean? Because like it's it's all a uh, you know. Well, we're all making commercials. I, I think there's a lot of finger pointing right now. <laughs> Where I think the finger pointing is that if you're what the quote unquote the millennial or whatever, like the right. new young group, that they they frown upon anybody over the age of forty, like you're so out of touch, like you just don't get our world. And I, I wonder if that's just a false narrative, if they're really genuinely that arrogant of of a generation where they really don't give a flying fuck about anybody over fifty, right. or if we've manufactured that. And then the industry has kind of followed suit of that, this YouTube generation, if you will. Like, well, what, how can a 50-year-old guy, unless he's a complete moron, get views on the internet, you know, like clicks and likes from, some, from a millennial? I wonder if it's manufactured or if it's real. Well, it's definitely a, it's definitely a dominant narrative. Uh, like, but it's been going on forever. It's, it's always been happening. No, like, but more so, I'm talking, about, but the, I'm talking about, they're talk, I'm talking about specifically now in relationship to, to technology. how technology has changed mm-hmm. everything. And that the viewership, you know, st- once once YouTube started h- and became this like participation kind of thing, yeah. and social media and all these things that they just kind of felt like social media and YouTube was the fucking VCR of our parents' generation. Like they don't just think we just don't get it and or we're not welcome. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's not our medium, so just get the fuck out. You yeah. know what I mean? And I just don't know if that's a, I don't know if it's true or if it's a forced narrative. And that's the thing that I think is the weirdest about that because it's like you know it's like the the dog wagging the tail of the tail wagging the dog like is the pipeline uh controlling the the message you i'm going to just use all vague metaphors that's great i love it when in rome uh, (laughs) this is a great ted talk by the way a penny earned (laughs) yesterday i actually told my girlfriend i was like well you know in situations like this a burden hand is worth two in the bush is that the ben franklin that was she actually quoted walking around with no pants on what was happening without thought you just did it and then you realized afterwards or did you know going in i'm gonna i'm about to quote no, it came out. That's where I was just like, <laughs> I've crossed the line. And then you went back. Yeah. And then you went back. Like and, and, and barely millennial. Did you go back and finish feeding the birds at the bench you were sitting on? I did. <laughs> and I realized snowing. I was speaking to no one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I... Figment of my imagination. <laughs> I, th- I think that there's... I, th- I mean, I know what you're saying in return... In, you're putting it in relation to technology, but like... I remember when I was at, like in high school, I think, my dad even made the comment. And this is like... I had no... I hadn't entertained the idea of coming out to Hollywood. I hadn't done any of that. My dad said something about along the lines of, well, if you're going to be a writer in Hollywood, you better do it by the age of 30 because no one gives a shit about anybody's ideas over 35. Now, I don't know if he was saying that out of frustration for something he was going through. He was an editor at a magazine. Like, I don't know if that was something that he was dealing with. But like, 
But I remember, I remember that thinking like, well, that can't be true. And then I would look and see like a guy like Rodney Dangerfield on Carson, and I'd be like, "Yeah, he's thirty. This guy's fucking not thirty. Like, come on, he's like easily. I thought he was one hundred and eight when I first saw him. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, you know, I just I didn't know if I bought it. And I also feel like you can take that you can take that narrative and you can make it part of who you are you can be like oh you know i'm i'm 50 and no one wants to hire me because they did this and i don't know that or whatever or you can be like yeah okay sure you know whatever i'm gonna do my own thing i'm gonna figure out another because like you just said don there is a place for everybody right like i really feel that and like people are like well there's no room for me here in this fucking group of people that i wanted to be a part of and it's like that's fine then well this that's the great thing about right now uh uh, culturally and especially in the business that we all work in is that it's de- there there is a democratizing effect I was actually thinking about this on the way over where it's like it's it's democratizing in the sense of like the power of an idea and what you can do with that as opposed to I mean it might not be democratized in terms of pay but I right, mean, you know, but I know what you're saying. You know that game. Instead but of like, just writing a script and hoping someone gets to read it, you can go out and make something. Right, and everyone says that too. And, and mostly, I feel like when people tell you that, it's because they're just not. Well, they you're like, hey, can you help me? And they're like, you know what's great about now, <laughs> you can do it yourself. And you're like, oh, thanks for empowering me <laughs> and not reaching down. <laughs> but I do think that uh, I do think that you know, for people to uh, whine about not being able to get like ideas out there, I think that's that's horse manure now. Yeah. Well, you can get them out there. I think it's a matter of what, what going back to your pipeline reference, yeah. how do you get into that that right pipeline where if, if it's the something that vein. you need... Yeah, it, it also depends on what you want out of it. Right. So, no, yeah, if you're true. if you're trying to get Universal Studios to make all your shit, yeah, that's going to be a harder path to Ugh, get into. Really? But also, like, I, I've, I learned a long John's time like, ago, Ugh. at some point you cannot, you know, depending on whatever it is that you're going after... You have to you have to understand also uh, the the higher that you're reaching for, yeah. the bigger the number game is, right? Like it's like you're not the you're not one of six people submitting Universal, <laughs> right? Like yeah. there's yeah. there's sixteen thousand <laughs> people. I just sent my script right, in, right, right, right. And, and, and three and, other dudes, so I think yeah, I got it. Yeah, and you're right. so if you're thinking that they're literally getting only six things, and as soon as they saw yours, they're like, "Fuck this motherfucker!" Right? Like it's like no, it's just oh, like right. it's literally. It takes so many layers and, and ways to weasel in and get just even get anybody to remotely pay attention to what you're doing. Well, so right. it's like you, you yeah. can't take it personally. It's all about understanding the game and trying yeah. to figure out those little building blocks. Avenues well, and alleyways, The baby. market is so flooded with uh, awesome stuff right now, too. I mean, like, you talk about, like, peak TV and all that. Like, everyone's every day... Even my girlfriend, she's just like, "Hey, have you seen this?" Have you seen this? I'm just like, "I don't, I don't know." Anyone has time to watch anything? anything yeah, yeah. That, that's why when, I, when people are like, "Oh, I'm that gonna," makes me sound unmillennial. When you said you did, you like, "Oh, I never heard, I never listened to your podcast." I was like, "How the fuck would anyone have any time to listen to any podcast ever?" I actually think it's easier probably to listen to a podcast than it is to try to watch everything that's on Amazon, Hulu, oh, Netflix. Yeah. Oh yeah, good regular yeah. terrestrial television. Like I, I'm always shocked when I have like friends that are like, "I've seen 67 things." I'm like, <laughs> "When? When did you have time yeah, to see 67?" What, like I literally the other day, I. I was bored, and I've I have the I have that Netflix problem where I'll, at night when I actually want to watch something, I just, I, I just something scan the watch. whole time, and yeah. then I just fucking give up. So my entertainment value is actually just reading what shows are about, yeah. and then just giving up. But the other day, I'm like, yeah. I gotta watch something, so. I, I, I saw this thing called The Sinner, and I was like, I don't know what this is. This looks interesting, so I read up a little bit, and it said it was this USA Network show, and um, that it was uh, it's it's binge worthy. So I was like, you know. What? Screw it. I'll watch the first episode. 
This is 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Four o'clock in the morning, I f- I'm finishing the whole fucking season. And yeah. I am like engaged and enraged at the exact same time. Right, right, right. Because I haven't watched anything since then because I also haven't been able to catch up on my sleep and right. destroy my whole fucking right, right. Yeah. My life. But it's like for me... That was the only way that was going to happen. Like, yeah. literally, that's like the saddest thing is I was like, fuck it, let's just commit to this shit now because <laughs> I, I, I probably will never get back yeah. to this. It's now or never. Oh, yeah. well. But that's, that's why that's they stuff do it that, that I right. like that I don't even finish watching. Right, like, right, I right. like things and, dude, I quit. I used to love watching South Park. I haven't seen it since like season six. I haven't seen it since season two. You know I, know I, mean? I, feel, <laughs> I feel so bad being now in the loop with a lot of that stuff just because it's so consistently good. To and because like, of kind of like the. The I don't want to I don't want to use avenues and alleyways again, but like no, it's good. It's the path the path you <laughs> that's your band name. Use your metaphors, dude. Yeah. The, the path you have kind of led you in 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 and out of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like animation and like you do a lot of kind oh, of me personally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just it, you, what you do varies, and it it always kind of leans toward the not you know uh, what you would call norm. Like I don't want to say normal. That sounds so corny, but like. Not it, it's a little bit skewed and a little bit. Uh, you mean like the work trajectory pipeline? Yeah. The pipe. Well, no, the pipeline. pipeline. That's a third pipeline and, reference in the show. And what I, you that do? That was on my word. No, two on you, word. one on me. <laughs> that was your word. It was your. It was your. Was uh, my, like word of the day. Oh, do you want a cookie? By the way, I no, I'm, three I'm good right chocolate now. Chip cookies. No. Oh. Is it one of those diet cookie things where you eat the cookie and then you don't eat for the rest of the day? Cookie. Uh, uh, what are those? Yes. Are those a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Double nutrition. You get a cookie and don't eat the rest of the day. Something like that. Yeah. You haven't seen that they sell them at the stores now, but it used to be a oh the complete meal cookie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, this is one of those. You want one? No, <laughs> no. But they, you can. Yeah, you if, can if eat one of those like a regular cookie, and then like you're still gonna want to eat. It's yeah. not like you're like, well, that it's not like a pill you take to get full or anything. It was like they say it's a complete meal because it probably has every single calorie you need for the day. Well, no, I consider a cookie a pill that I take <laughs> to get full. I'm just like my stomach feels very empty. But, I need a medicine. But one, well, I thought you meant like when you're sad, you have a cookie, and I feel better afterwards. So yeah, it's like it's, it's a sad my medicine. Emotional Tylenol. <laughs> Trademarked, <laughs> but you're gonna need a lot more that like that. You'd have to take a lot of pills, man. Like that's I mean, I know that's my one problem. cookie. I need <laughs> can't just eat one cookie. Who does that? I, I had a, one is not enough. I had an emotional pizza last week. Did oh, you? Oh yeah. What was on that? Yeah, Mid-life, and then I was I, crisis. But the problem with that one is uh, the pizza to me is kind of like I guess the only thing I could compare it to as a as a non drug user would be uh, ecstasy. Because uh, you know, there's it's a great high, and then it's a horrible come down when you realize you shouldn't have fucking had the. Right, at right. first, you're like stoked because you're like pizza. You're rubbing it on pizza, your nipples. Pizza. You're listening to <laughs> dubstep. Yeah, and then the next day you're like shitting, still shitting pizza. My stomach hurts. Now. Bubble guts. Bubble guts. <laughs> bubble Where are you from originally? Uh, originally, I'm from rural Pennsylvania. Okay. He's uh, Dutch. Sorry about what happened in Pennsylvania. Ooh. Wait, which the uh, the church? Wait, which one? You didn't see that whole thing—a a report that just came out just about that. Oh yeah, yeah, a thousand, a, th- a yeah. thousand kids were molested by three hundred. Oh, a cover-up oh, in the, the Catholic Church stuff? in Pen- Yeah, yeah. I actually heard the report this morning. Are you are you clean? You clear? Well, you I'm safe? Not Catholic. I was raised Lutheran. That has nothing Good to do with that. Good for you. Good for you. yeah. So no, it's that, just like I can't even. I just can't deal. That stuff is like. Well, it makes the Paterno thing a little so makes a little more sense. Oh, it's all it's all all that shit's just fucked up. Anyway, so exactly. so Pennsylvania, where where Thanks is it rural? Detour. Yeah, <laughs> it's what we do. The deep sadness. Yeah, yeah. When you uh, say rural uh, Pennsylvania, like out in this, uh, like a small town, 
uh, closest main big city? Uh, closest to like uh, closer to like Lancaster, Pennsylvania, like that area where like the the Amish people are from. Originally, that's where I'm from. All of my other relatives are from the sort of Philadelphia area. So did you so, spend a lot of time in Philly as well because the relatives yes. were there or no? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then uh, I went to I went to school there and like stayed there for a while. And then before you know, I, why is Philly so angry? Or is that just is that really again going back to the manufactured? Do we do we do we as Americans over inflate the anger of Philadelphia? And, I've never, Bo- I, and Boston. One of the few you know places they, I've actually never been is Philadelphia, and everybody that I've ever met there, they're not. Every 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 love it. Eagles fan I, I, I know is super cool. Love it. Like just and I because I, yesterday I was listening to a bunch of the podcast. Yeah, enjoying it while I was. Uh, it was extremely entertaining. Thank you. Uh, but uh, we'll fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, stops now. Yeah. Here now. <laughs> the entertainment uh, stops here. Like, I, listen I don't to, think it's, it's an angry... I, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. Oh, go I ahead. Think, I, it's, I don't think it's an angry thing. What it is, in my opinion, is that people in Philadelphia are very sensitive. I feel like I was very much this way in my younger time, too, in the sense that, like, you're very... I think people in, people in Philadelphia have an amazing sense of humor, and that is something that is, like, goes from, like, the general dude on the street to like bands if you ever listen to like, bands from philadelphia a lot of amazing music and like bands especially in like the sort of like punk and hardcore scene if you guys are into any of that stuff when you were younger i don't know but that have an amazing sense of humor about what they do and it's like to the point where like if you read reviews and like i'm at one point i came across these old maximum rock and roll i don't know if you guys know about it yeah but <clears throat> i was reading stuff and it would be like oh this band's from phil it would be like talking about like all these bands from Philly and how they were all like they weren't like joke bands but they were all very much like what are we doing you know yeah. but they were incredible yeah so there's this cultural thing of like a sense of humor and sort of a gallows humor and i think part of it is just being people in Philly are very just very sensitive so they're very passionate and then there's a level of like weird ins- when it comes to sports stuff that's like weird insanity but yeah. You know, is where that it's because like, they're going to win. We got to grease all the poles so no one climbs the. And they still do it. Which they, they still do. Still do it. Yeah, which is not a good. It's just not a good idea. Now, I will say though, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, and I used to go to uh, University of Wisconsin for um, uh, Halloween. They used to have these huge Halloween events there. Yeah. And everybody was fucking climbing poles. Like that's not you. You know what I mean? Like I, right, I, I, right. again, that's that thing. It's like stupid is not unique to any. Or doing dumb shit is not. It's mostly unique to males, but it's it's it's, it's males to, everywhere, and, and it's a it's lot of times it's confined to training. sports. Right. Philly gets a lot of great press because of, because yeah. of it at times. There's also like Philadelphia has um, the most amazing food scene. Uh, it's got uh, really great like underground art stuff. Like, <clears throat> sorry, I don't know. I clear my throat. Well, I thought you were going to crying. I was yeah. like, you're like, sorry. I, I just crying. was thinking about... The art is so beautiful in Philadelphia. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. It was dude, not big enough. Don't <laughs> get barf but, on the cookies, dude. No, but I think sports-wise, though, here's something that happened to me. The first time I ever went to an Eagles game, which was very, very late in my life. Like, early on, my dad, would, when I was a kid, would take me to, like... We'd go to, like, a matinee game at the vet of, like, the, the Phillies, like, in the summer when it's, like, the vet was, like, all concrete, you oh, know? Yeah. Oh, those places. The matinee and the Sunday Was Pete Rose on the team by then or no? like, oh, we got a great deal on tickets. And you'd be like, oh. Yeah, I got sunburned so just looking at the end. place, yeah. <laughs> but I went to my first Eagles game a couple of years ago, and I was like, this is great. You know, I, I'm just so excited. And uh, you know there's that whole phenomenon with, like, the drunk tank that's built into the – 
they into have the like stadium. A, yeah, have you, like you can a, go to jail at the stadium. Yeah, they have a jail built <laughs> into the stadium. So uh, they have a policy, I think, where basically if someone uh, is drunk, they just take them out of the stands and take them down there and let them let it dry out. You know, so this so guy, there's no one in the stands ever. <laughs> this guy drank. <laughs> we were way up top. This guy was down below, and he drank to the point where he just sort of passed out in his seat. And uh, the people came up to like take him down there. It wasn't cops at this point. It's like right, guys it's who like specifically like go get staff him. jackets. Go so they get come, him. No, yeah, they got like a vest and whatever. So they come up to get the guy, and like you could tell those guys were like, oh god, I don't, don't want to do this. this. As soon as they come up, everyone in our whole section starts booing. They're like boo, <laughs> and that, and they're just like yeah 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 shut yeah, up. We've heard it all. Right, exactly. Fuck and off. then when they pick the guy up and they're like walking him out, everyone in the whole thing chants. Let him sleep. Uh, Let him sleep. <laughs> Let him sleep. I was like, Meanwhile, this guy's not waking up. People yeah. are. Ter- oh yeah, that's how passed out he, him. he deserves he to be thrown in a drunk tank. And you know how much Miller Light you have to drink to be. I know precisely. Not using your precisely. <laughs> how much I'm going to guess more than a 12 pack because uh, Miller Light is pretty like four point what 12, two, dude, two. 12 I don't know not, what it is. 12 at would stadium, knock but. you down. Maybe not in your 20s, but 12 would knock you down now. Right. No, I'm saying if you're yeah. saying to to put you out, yeah, it's not I, six. No, no, it's no. more. Oh, no, no, yeah, it's definitely I mean, more than six. Maybe he just was up late the night before. Oh, sure, okay. yeah, that's Gone. what it was. Yes. Probably working on his tax. He went to neighborhood enabler. <laughs> exactly, he's a Catholic boy. He's a good guy. <laughs> Where at what Thirsty point? Guy. So so um, at what point did you say entertainment? That's my shtick. Uh, I think. Did I you actually say those specific words? I remember. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Mom, entertainment. That's, That's my shtick." <laughs> She's like, "Uh, whatever." <laughs> my mom speaks like an old man. <laughs> Son, you'll never make it in that business. <laughs> mom, why do you? <laughs> why are you Wilford why Brimley? Why do you talk that way? No, I think uh, in high school I knew that I was not like gonna be. I, I knew that I didn't have like a normal trajectory. You know, and that's when I started getting into music. And, like, where I grew up, it was very, you know, if you didn't play sports or weren't good at sports, you you almost had, like, no value in the society. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Kind of. Kind of, yeah. So, like, we, I got into music stuff, and I sort of discovered, like, the underground sort of punk stuff that you just kind of, like, discover uh, by going to, like, one weird record store. Then you're like, whoa, there's a whole world out here. And then next thing you know, we're like... It's like, let's do a band, and like we don't know how to play our instruments, and then start putting on shows at a fire You know, just things like that. And I feel like creatively, you're like, oh, I just have to like generate. I have things to say, and I'm just going to generate them. And although they're primitive now, you know. Right. I mean? It'll, it might grow, and like I need, a, I need an outlet right. that's not just going to work every day. Right. So you're just like, well, you know, this will be part of whatever is happening. So I think at that point, you're like, okay you're sort of assuming the role of some level of entertainer, no matter how personal your, your art output is. So I think at that point I was like, okay, well, let's see if I can find a way to whatever. So I went to film school and then... In, in Philly, you said. In Philly, yeah. yeah. So then uh, did that whole thing. And, you know, I think if you want to be an artist, the best thing you sh- can do is get like an MBA. <laughs> That's my new theory. Yeah. Oh. Like get a business degree <laughs> and then just uh, watch YouTube videos on how to adjust how, how to monetize. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and then, then watch then a YouTube video on how to, how to pull focus. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. That you can learn. Uh, yeah. But no, it's uh yeah. So anyway, that, that was kind of like where I was like, I'm, I'm not going to have a normal, I know I'm not going to have a normal path, but I honestly, at my age, at that point, like I didn't really have like a clear vision. I don't think I know there was no like 
everyone out here is like, oh, well, my uncle was a DP or my... Yeah, and you're like, but, but when you... Up, it's like, yeah, in Philadelphia, you weren't walking around going, okay, and then I can get out to the uh, Hollywood and I'll get break in the entertainment industry and then I'll just learn how to do... Right. Like, that was... It was such a foreign thing. Like, we all loved movies growing up. Yeah. I mean, I loved stand-up comedy growing up. Yeah. I loved, you know, sketch comedy. But there was never... A, when I, even as a young kid, I wasn't like, oh, I could just move to Hollywood and be a, an actor. You know yeah, what I mean? It and it's like still, as a grown adult, I guess you can't just do that either because I'm having a real tough time with it. But I think you're doing great, John, <laughs> and I got big plans for you. Oh, perfect. That's, that's what you got to know. <laughs> perfect. I'll wait. Johnny boy. Um, that was always one of my favorite quotes, and I, and I love all my what friends to death. But one of my, yeah, all, all my, yes, yeah, this specifically. I got big plans for you, John. <laughs> uh, all my unsuccessful friends going, if I ever make it. I'm bringing you along, and I'm like, I've been hearing that for 15 fucking years, but and I and I and I appreciate it because that's that's what friends say, right? But it's just like it, at some point it kind of becomes a running joke of like, listen, yeah, listen, if I get that party clone gig, you're I'll take in. you along. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna be my listen, assistant. If, if I get that shitty bar gig where no one's gonna be paying attention, I'm bringing you along. Yeah. You can drive. I got me. you. Bro. You can drive me. <laughs> you're like, got, you got your got back. Me. Got your back. You can drive me. We get paid in drink tickets. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, I, but I will tell you one thing though. To that end, and this is the one cool thing that I feel like is kind of bubbling now, where I finally, I feel like you finally get to the point where you're like. <clears throat> Sorry, I keep clearing my throat and into the mic. It's fine. It doesn't it matter. Okay, yes. Gotcha. Our audience does not judge anyone for anything. Yeah. Awesome. That's uh, why <laughs> if I don't, I, I won't even, I don't even know why I even was silent about where you were holding the microphone because normally when we're here, I'm like, hey, uh, talk closer. Like, <laughs> no one cares. So, like, if I was going to clear my throat, should I be like, <clears throat> you yes. can. Yeah. Is that far enough away? Yes. So, if I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. If you're going to vomit, vomiting. don't vomit on the microphone. Right. <laughs> Got you. Preferably very, very keep expensive. it on your shirt. <laughs> Well, that's gu- it's guaranteed going to get there. Okay, good. But um, well, not necessarily. I, I think like you know, like when you're building these things up, though, or like you know, now with the stuff that we we were been working on together, John. I'm pointing at John right now. Um, for the for the listener, you know, there's potential to sort of like gel this sort of community of people that yeah. we now have like recurring things happening. So I think as opposed to being like, I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to. Yeah, don't worry. I got. I'm gonna employ all you guys. Cause I mean, we've had so many friends too that like are like, I'm doing this thing, and they're like, but now we need like you know George Clooney's nephew to be part of this. So we yeah, find, whatever. So sorry, you know? there's no room for you. It's, just, it's totally fine. And I, I, from a business standpoint, you're just like whatever. It's just what it is. It's the same thing if you're like an investment banker, and they're like, you know. Might be like I can bring you on as my assistant, but we don't need any more investment banker. I don't think that's the. I mean, it might be the same thing. I have no idea about the <laughs> world of investment banking. I don't know, uh, but 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 yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like cool. the better the better thing is not I'm going to hit it big and you guys are all going to be taken care of. It's yeah. like together we can make something that other people give a shit about, and we all can care. We can all make something worthwhile. Like that's what you kind of, or at least my takeaway is, you know. Most of the time, almost never, does it happen alone. Does, yeah. you know, no one succeeds just on their own. I mean, there are so many people that are put in place to help other people make it. You know what I mean? Right, and you have to genuinely care about it. It's not, it's not like some fake lip service, like, we're going to start to collect it. It's not like, it's not, uh, every. I mean, so many times in my career, people are like, we're going to do this thing. You know, it's like. You get like one thing out, and everyone's like scatters. Yep. But I feel like in <laughs> in the context of like the the Cam Donyes stuff, for instance. Like well, yeah, that's we should tell, we should get into that because that's exactly kind of what we're talking about is is making something that you kind of you know take pull from people you've met that you you know 
either think are talented or you really enjoy being around or you like, you know, how they do a certain thing. So you've sort of taken all these people you know and gotten them involved in a live show. And I'm absolutely floored that everyone has made themselves available because, uh, like, even, I mean, you know, even the, the guest uh, stand-ups we have for the first show, like, I mean, it was like we were very, maybe, I think people are excited to do something that feels interesting or different or, like, you know, anyway. No, but like you said, this, this you get one thing done, people scatter. Like, the scheduling, just getting... Just getting a guest for the podcast to come to Brian, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. that. And that shouldn't be that hard. Is like everyone's got so many different things going on. They got so many things happening during the day. They're either working, they're not working, they got a meeting, they got an audition. People are just always sort of hustling. Yeah. So even just getting one person to show up somewhere is difficult. Now try to work the schedule of like 15 to 20 different people. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm amazed when someone shoots a short or a feature or like fixed. The fact that you guys could get everyone on the same page for longer than five minutes without, without it all going to shit is, is a testament to, one, how much people enjoy what they're working on, I think. Because like you said, people have made themselves available. Like I, I specifically almost said I didn't book shows on that night, but I guess I did, and then right. I was almost late. Um, <laughs> You're like, hey, I'm it's all- a paying gig. What, do you, what am I supposed to do? Say no? I'm going to Westlake, and then I show up. That's yeah. how John Huck operates. Yeah, and I got 40 <laughs> bucks, and it put gas in my car. <laughs> That's how you said it, too. You're like, John Huck doesn't, doesn't, uh, That's doesn't how turn I said down it. money. That is exactly how I said it. Here's the deal, bro. I will be there, <laughs> but I'm going to be there. When, when I the want. doors are open, <laughs> I'm gonna and just then say, we will go over what I'm doing. What I was going to say was maybe if you upped my pay, <laughs> right. I would be there From earlier. zero to one dollar. <laughs> Something, anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you've decided why you're putting on this live show. You've done two of them now, but what? What? Uh, why did you decide to do this? What is it? Explain it a little bit. The Camdon Yes? Yeah. Well, Camdon Yes is like uh, we, Cameron Burr, who is a friend of mine who I met while working on a TV show. We were producers sitting next to each other and making each other laugh. And then we just started this uh, Instagram thing called Cam Don, Cameron Don. And then I was just like, let's just say yes afterwards because trying to like have a positive message, whatever. The That's relative. You'll see it if you look at the stuff, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You guys get Am yeah, I yeah. speaking in fragments enough? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, we, we did start making this weird stuff while we were there, and we are like, this is fun. It's super weird. It just started and with what? Little sketches and little sketches drawings? and animation and drawings, and Cameron got me back into drawing again, which is awesome. He's an amazing dude, but he's also an amazing artist. And so we made this uh, animated short that played in a bunch of festivals. Uh, it played up in Bend, Oregon, which is a really great festival, which I love so much. Uh, so I did two years in a row there, but the, anyway, that is going to basically be like a soft pilot for like a series and stuff like that. So we're just kind of building this world of these things out. And we, part of doing the live show is, is trying to find a way, another way to repurpose the idea of this thing and bring bring friends in as like core cast at that point. How know? would you describe the live show? Meaning it's not, it's not like you wouldn't say this is a sketch show. This is a stand up show. It's. It's sort of some weird interactive, immersive. Like how we, what, how would you? Well, yeah, it's kind of like a. Ver- it's almost like, I mean, the the really lame Hollywood way of explaining it is be like Pee Wee's Playhouse in Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, 
you know, only kind of for grownups, but not like for grownups. Like you get a lot of animation stuff when you do voiceover where they're like, oh, this show's going to be great. It's for grownups and it just means, or for adults, it right. just means they're going to talk about like drugs and people having sex and whatever. Whereas a, gr- a complicated grown-up idea is like, how do, you, how do you just be honest with someone when you don't want to be? Like things like that, that are daily struggles for an adult are just like, how do I, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, it's, yeah. being an adult is like so much more complicated than just saying the F word a bunch. Right, uh, right, right. Oh. I love saying I it. see what you're saying. When people say like, oh, this is an adult show, just yeah, means, oh, my, they might say penis a bunch of times. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Well, you but mean like adult, like, yeah, sometimes you have to lie so that your friend's feelings don't get hurt. Right. Like, that's the deal. Like, yeah. Well, you yeah. never tell a kid that. You just. Right. So we're just trying to make something that's. You don't have to tell kids that. They're they are... always right there watching you do it. So <laughs> that's. <laughs> they catch right on. Yeah, I have kids. So they, they, they just, they just stand John around and watch you do yesterday. everything. You don't have to tell kids right. anything. So they're, like, they're watching everything you do hey, and Dad, they why'd know. You do that? And you're like, <sighs> they don't even ask. They're they just, just repeat the behavior. And that's like, when you find out what you've been done. What you, what you do uh, wrong is you see it in them and then you go, shit. How do you reverse that? You have to you have to be aware of what you're doing when they're around, and right. not and I'm not saying get six feet away from them and continue to have the same conversation <laughs> or same <laughs> behaviors because they're pretending like they're not paying attention just so yeah. they think that, you, that they want you to keep doing what you're doing. Right? They want to see the real you. They want to see the real you. They can't stand the fact that there is some other part of you that you're keeping secret because you know again from a kid's standpoint, going back to the complexity of being an adult. From a kid's standpoint, they don't have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So they got plenty of time to fucking focus on <laughs> one thing. Because they don't have all these other things going on in their brains. Bills, like distract. Get them on that iPad so they're not paying attention so much. To oh, no, they, they, no, they've learned how to do that. Yeah, they can be on the iPad and yeah. watch you. Yeah, they, they've, they've mastered that part of it. I love it. I find that actually, it used to annoy me, but now I, I fully embrace the dynamics of, of childhood. Right. And I don't try to separate myself because I'm just so fascinated with it. Yeah. Because it's so fucking manipulative. And I don't mean that in a bad term. <laughs> yeah. What I mean is that's how you survive. Yeah. Is manipulation. Because it's just like you need to access as much as possible in order to survive. Is that... So wait, are you saying that's like a, a, a human trait that's forever? Like childhood through adulthood? Is that what you mean? Or like... Uh... In what respect? That manipulation? Well, yeah. Are you saying like... I think we mani- I think we all again you're not using manipulation as a negative word. Yes, I think we all manipulate situations that are in our best interest. A friend of mine told me a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to him about something he goes, "You have to understand that it's human nature people whether it's returning a text on time or meeting up with you or doing anything with you. Mm-hmm. Everything is based on cost benefit. Every decision is made on cost benefit. You're less likely to want to do something if it doesn't benefit you in any way, shape, or form. Because we're not, if you talk to people who are, are, are unfortunately pre programmed to constantly go out of their way to do things for people, mm-hmm. it exhausts them. Right. Because that's, be, that's what you become. You become the truck of life, right? Like, that's why nobody should ever get a fucking pickup truck. Right. Because they're getting all the phone calls for moving. Yes. Going to get fucking refrigerators. Yes. Helping to get a couch. It's just like, don't yeah. get a truck. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Hey, yeah. It's good. Good. Catch. Still driving that truck? Hey, no. Yeah. All right. Got to so go by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I think yeah. that, that that is a human trait. Because you ha- it's, it, we, are, we are designed to want to manipulate the surroundings. Right. wonder if it's like, it just needs to be rebranded. Like manipulation has such a like a negative connotation. Maybe it has to be like we all naturally are are uh, 
What would it, what would it be like? Uh, opportunistically advantageous or something? But it's I something th- that sounds. But it also sounds negative. I think I don't think there's a way to make manipulation not negative. Does that make sense? Like even when it's like the you're doing the cost benefit thing, but like realistically, if someone needs help, you should help them. You know what I mean? Well, like, because well, you're right. But the manip- the manipulation part that makes it negative is the fact that then you have clear and concise intent to take advantage of someone right. where that's not what we're talking about when it comes to how I was trying to explain what kids do and how we develop as humans. Mm-hmm. It's just that how we process the information inside of us to get the most out of whatever life we're living, it is manipulation, but not, not intentional like, I'm going to take right, advantage right. of you and use you and then, and then throw you away. I just read this book. We don't, right, about, we don't talk about we don't talk about books on here. <laughs> just so you know, it's a podcast, not a book <laughs> we talk club. about colors. Well, I was drinking beer. All right, there we like, go. Okay. <laughs> you better no, been looking at titties while it happened. That's right. We're moving my we're moving a family member out of their house. I found this old Buckminster Fuller book from like the uh, late sixties. I think it's called Approaching the Benign Environment. So John John's like <laughs> <laughs> so. Basically, though, to this end, about kind of weirdly, it correlates to what you're talking about, where it's like uh, one of the things they talk about in the book is the idea that, like, even at that time, they're like, we're on this trajectory to basically consume ourselves out of existence. So, but what it would take to stop that is just very, these five simple things or whatever, you know, where it's like, just stop doing this. And then if we do this, everyone can do this. And then that and this. So, what it takes to. I think you were talking about like an inherent human traits about like how we place ourselves in positions of to be advantageous or whatever. So I feel like in a way though, it's like, if it's just this, it's like the humanity is, is kind of like weirdly consuming itself. So, and all we really have to do is just kind of stop, you know, if they're just like, well, we just need to stop doing these five things and then we will survive. But we're like, we can't. Well, Well, no, we can't. But the reason why we won't is because we have, we live, such for, we each individually live such a short period of time mm-hmm. on planet Earth. We only give a shit about the time that we're here. It right. does, it's not relevant to us. Right. Like using using like um, major corporations as an example that that openly destroy things in the environment for the sake of profit, which does happen. It's, it's not a. It's not me going. Oh, I'm this guy. I, it's 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 a very um, educated, known thing. It's dude. a very known yeah. thing. There's facts and it's, it's to because it. it's because it's about the now. It's about like well, let's just get as much as we can out of it. We know we know we're doing it wrong, and we know eventually we can be stopped. But let's just see how far we can go. Get what we can out of it, and then we're done. Right. We got what we wanted out of it. Whatever damage is done, we're going to be so long gone by then. And who knows? And then the classic default. Well, I mean, do we really ever know? Right. Like that's such an easy one too. Of course right. not, because really? we'll be dead. That, yeah. And you can also file that under the whole like, well, my if I, you know, in the current t- day where you're just like, well, if I believe it to be true, it is true. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, I can just talk my brain out of like yeah. having to worry about anything but like ah the secret lately <laughs> i have been every time i throw something away lately and this is literally in like the last month just keep thinking about landfills and it's like driving me crazy because i'm just like how do we especially because there's a book. garbage island the size of texas in the yeah. middle of the ocean yeah 
Not to make everything really sad and depressing. No, just you guys go want to, to talk about farts. Yeah, <laughs> but just just go to San Francisco and you'll see, you'll see how to try to. Every, they separate every piece of trash. I used to go to a friend's house and they would separate every piece of trash. Everything. And and, I, and I'm like pro all that stuff. And even I was like, holy shit, this is a lot of fucking work. For yeah. Me. Just, like I to just get wanted dinner. to eat. Right, the, right, yeah, right, I just right. wanted to eat all this food. I didn't want yeah. to have to separate all yeah. the. Bones. You know what? I think we're gonna do. Let's go out and get some cheese whiz for dinner, you guys. Let's do that. Yeah, I don't that. like cheese whiz, but it I would love matter. it. Please. I do now. Yeah, Clean, exactly. clean up recycling. It's all very easy. <laughs> Super uh, no, simple. It's, yeah, it's so weird. It's like the, the human condition is. This is such a, a unique and interesting time because I feel like also we have no. We have access to all knowledge. Yeah, isn't that so funny? Like we, we can't even be like, ah, I don't know about We're like the that. dumbest we've ever been, and we have access to all the knowledge. <laughs> no, that, well, here's the thing. It's funny you would say that, because I do believe that we are, we are this, this uh, uh, like everything, Trump kind of comes in, but I think Trump is a byproduct of exactly what you're talking mm. about. It's like, we have, we've become more knowledgeable. It used to be just Encyclopedia Britannica, unless that guy came knocking on your door. <laughs> you Maybe your family didn't get didn't as much get knowledge, no knowledge as you wanted. <laughs> yeah. But now it's, it's so accessible. And what's happened is you have like this, I guess we'll call it Planet Earth's old guard mm-hmm. that just doesn't want to learn anything new. Wants to live in denial, yeah, and just does not like the fact that that these things are real and it's wrecking the fun, right? right? So, like, instead, what's the best thing to do? Just pretend like it's not happening, or just rewrite it, right, to fit your narrative. And that's, I think, that's kind of what's happening now. Not yeah. just here in America. I think it's globally. It's you have a certain type of ideology that's just like, nah, nah, no, 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 no. All of this, this is too much. No, right. we're going to need to word it differently. Yeah, yeah right. we need to we need to slow down and just continue to do to continue to consume ourselves because that's more fun. Well, that's that's the weird thing about it too. Is I think part of it is that people who have a toehold in the uh, I'm not talking about just like us, but like you know, pure millennial, like everybody who has like a toehold in a world. Uh, prior before like really pre-technology not like your like your kids are going to be the world leader you know they're coming up full-blown yeah. robots yeah full-on robots they're like yeah of course i want an ocular implant that gives me a laser <laughs> you know like <laughs> why wouldn't i do that like that's the only world i know is a world of technology but i feel like people who are have any kind of like history pre that are just struggling with like being overwhelmed i think that's part of it it's like we have access to all this. You're like, oh my god, I can see the horrors of the world every day, and I have no idea what to do. Yeah, to fix any of it. So it's where just do you huge. start? It's like if you have yeah. a job and the paperwork is, is piled so high, you're like I don't know, like is filling out this one form going to take care of all of this? No, but no, I should probably do I, it. If I walk into the ocean, <laughs> <laughs> then I don't have to worry about any of this. Yeah, it's it's it it is it is overwhelming. I mean, I. I you know, I agree with that, and I'm I get overwhelmed, just in the sense that like I it's too much. And, and you're right, there's only, you know, what, so much I can do, and so much of it occupies my time, and the rest of it I have to keep working for what I want to do, and like trying to make a you know make a living so that I can support my wife, and like there's just, but all of that stuff is all. Like, I really do believe that, like, none of it's going to mean anything in 100 years. You know right. what I mean? Like, we can be as creative and do whatever we want. And I think that's, you should spend your time trying to create something or be a good person. Because in the end, it's really just the the ripple effect, the butterfly effect right. of, like, the, you know, maybe the nicer you are now, the better per- kind of person you are now the more people are affected by it in the long run. That's beautiful, John. This guy. And also, and I, I'll chime in there because I think that's the only thing that you can really 
I mean, if you can affect some positive, ener- some positive, like, it sounds so corny to say, like, energetic, whatever, but it's just Dude. about, like, you know, doing a little local thing and just putting out as much. It's like, Yeah, exactly. I, I got friends from uh, Wisconsin who do local kids theater out there, and they put out these, and they have a blast doing it. You know what I mean? And that's the kind of thing, by them doing that, they, they're inspiring kids who are then going to become probably great actors in their own right and go on to do other things. Yeah, and so what the one world of these needs kids, is more great actors. Well, no, but what the world <laughs> needs is more people that, like, it, it's not about being on some global, you're George Clooney and you make all the money. It's, yeah. not, it's not about that. It's about, like, like, whenever I get discouraged about stand-up, I think that, like, every once in a while I hear from someone online who's like, dude, you're, you're my favorite comic, which is... I'm always like, well, you haven't been looking hard enough at other. <laughs> and this is a conversation in the mirror. And this is yeah. me talking to myself, and I'm like, you need to get out more. Um, You're a but like, guy. but like, if 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 I put out a CD and like you know 500 people buy it and and I make no money on it, yeah. But it it affects two, three people in a way that's like, oh, I love this. I'm gonna play it for my friend who then let's say gets inspired and does stand up or has a kid who listens yeah. to it or long after I'm gone is like this weird CD is the reason I started like there's just random shit that can happen and like the more you create and the more you put out and the more you try to be uh, and and I'm and I mean like I I stress the positive thing because I just don't like negativity it just eats up you know, right. your insides. Like Negativity is a young man's game. No, it's but it's not even that. Like, I wish I, I could take back, like, is. I guess I shouldn't wish to take back anything, but, like, because in a sense, everything that we've done and, and happened to us has brought us here, so right. if we're happy where we are here, Which then awesome. all that stuff was kind of, you know, uh, <clears throat> this is a byproduct of all, all that we went through. But yeah. But I do wish that I could take back a lot of um, the negativity that I held for... Uh, other people, strangers, friends, the business in general, just like for a good chunk of time, it was like, oh, so-and-so's getting this and I'm not? Well, fuck that person. And yeah. then it's like that kind of like you don't you, – I, I would see it as people taking my path. Right. Like, hey, dude, this is supposed to be my thing. What are you doing? But yeah. like in the end, there is no set thing. There's no set path. There's no like I'm going to be – 17 and I'm going to do stand up and then I'm going to get on Saturday Night Live when I'm 20 and then I'm going to have a movie career by the time I'm 25 and then like yeah. there is like er- everything could be you know you're Mark Marin and you're a great stand up everyone hates you you have no friends and then you start a podcast and you resurrect your career out of something you started in your garage like you just never know man you, you never, just, know, you never and, know and it's important to and that's why I get really um it really bums me out when like I know it's it's a depression thing and it's a mental illness, but when people like Robin Williams, uh, you know, commit suicide or or end up you know out of the picture at at such a, what feels like an early age to me at this point, um, I feel like no matter what they had, like no matter no matter how fucked up Richard Pryor got at the end with his MS and his being confined to a wheelchair, he still said funny shit. He still. He was still Richard Pryor in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he knew it was fucked up, and he wasn't afraid to kind of go out and keep talking about it. And I think, I, 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 I wish that like guys like Robin Williams or Richard Jenny or people that that have yeah. off themselves could could have just kind of hung on a little longer to realize that by getting out there and and keep by them keeping going and sharing what they're going through and talking about what you know their kind of issues and path that they took and the wrongs and the rights of the whole thing or whatever, like that could really help people. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying Robin Williams, you know, he's not done influencing 
millions of comedians every year. You know, right. what I mean? people are finding that guy every day yeah. still. And then they're like, oh, shit, this guy's not around anymore. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. You know, and I'm just using him. I'm not like trying to make anybody else's suicide less. I'm just saying like he's one of those guys because it's like the anniversary around the time of his, his death. It's just not. Yeah. Oof. And so you wanted to be an actor to start like that transition. <laughs> Uh, I was interested in that, but I didn't know where to start or what to do. Um, so I kind of was like, well, I'm, I'll just go to film school and like, that sounds cool. Where'd you go to film school? Uh, really? Temple. Yeah. Temple University. Ah. Yeah. You know, with Bill Cosby? Bill Cosby's, Cosby's Temple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but so, you so, can't escape any controversy. So, so Temple, by the way, yeah. you, you are corrected. I, I was just, I was, it was a softball to change the subject, but no, you, everything you said was, was correct, John, just so the listeners don't think I was being a dick. I mean, I guess I was, but in a fun way. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> I, it was super fun. <laughs> Uh, I, to Temple had a film school uh, is known really for a really good. good okay, film so it school. was okay. Uh, and I don't know if it's still. I, I guess it was. It was known when when I went there, but I think like you know, in hindsight, I I would have done things a little differently because I think to me, like the experience of being in Philly uh, culturally was the biggest takeaway at that point. You know, like I got I learned a lot. There's a couple classes I learned a lot, but. I, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, you would say you learn more out here, though. Uh, for about how things truly work. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> how long have you been out sure. here? But the DIY spirit that you kind of, it's a very scrappy place. And like the way you make, you know, everybody, your thesis, everyone makes like their own film. Like, I really appreciated. Did you do that. film, film, or were you at video? Like, what were you, what were you shooting at that time? Uh, I shot a thesis film on, uh, film. Film. And, and used like an early avid thing to cut it but um which i've been trying to figure out like uh where that is and i can't find like i know it's on like a uh, oh where the film beta is sp or something like that somewhere where like the film for the final beta sp that's slow play for everybody um right i don't know <laughs> sp and ep extended oh, no, play like and slow play beta. i'm sorry digi beta because that was like we, you'd finish you, you'd have it uh hasn't been digitized yes these are, this is all buzzwords of the industry. So why did you not go east versus coming west, just well, out of curiosity, especially since you went to film school? I was working in Philly in like the sort of commercial film business there. You were working. So when you got out of school, that's, you were doing that, or are you doing it simultaneously? That's what I was doing when I, when I got out of school. When yeah, you got so out of school. I, was, I was working on commercials mostly, uh, doing a bunch of different stuff. And then uh, some friends of mine were doing stuff out here, uh, and I was like, I'm gonna, I need to get out of here because this is going... You can see it going in a circle. Yeah, you can see like the the not limitations, but like the uh, how do I articulate? There are limitations in certain cities. I mean, there's a reason yeah. why certain cities. Certain you could you could see the, the ceiling are, and you could you know. see the walls. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you either yeah. I mean, and it's not, and for some a, people are okay with that. They're like, I want to live here. Right. And this is I'm and fine this with job, this cap. Yeah. This is I'm fine with this. Yeah. And, and the community of people there were absolutely amazing. Like I you know made some spec stuff before I left, and people were like so, so generous, which was really awesome. But also, you kind of realize that the the view, I don't know. I just, I was like, I, there needs to be a pipeline for something more creative, like as opposed to being like production, yeah, service, other kind stuff, of environment, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, so I came out here and started doing this, and it was like a rude awakening because I was like, you know, what doing, did you start doing out here when you came out? Like, what was your well, thing? Well, when I first, when I left, I was kind of working as an. Uh, an AD, I got to that sort of mm -hmm. assistant to the director. Basically, make sure that everybody is on time, 
in place and yeah. ready to go when I the director calls action. tell you where the porta potties should be placed. Yeah. And uh, how many, uh, where the PAs should do their lockups. You are, were an organized fellow who, from time to time, had no problem wearing a headset. Right. <laughs> exactly. Boom. Uh, and once I thought I was being really hilarious, and I, I was like wearing, I had one, I had a headset on, but I also had one of the ones that has like the squirrely, uh, the swirly, mm-hmm. stretchy cable. Yeah. That's on your the, the walkie-talkie. Yeah. Yes. We were, like, trying to keep the tro- we were working a really long day trying to keep the troops entertained, and I was like swinging it around, and it had like a seven-foot. Oh, God. I mean, it was such a bad idea because I was like, once I started swinging it, and those things are heavy, I was like, I don't know how. Uh, how am I going to get this down? And I literally had to like try to like stop it. <laughs> it wrapped around my legs. And hand, uh, yeah, well, and the privates. <laughs> and uh, all the grips had a nice... A nice laugh. I bet it kept them entertained. They yeah. were like, did you right, see right. that fucking so idiot Don the other day? However, <laughs> uh, I sh- probably should have been rushed to the hospital. <laughs> I just toughed it out. But you just manned yeah. up. I was like, no, that was my... <clears throat> That's what, what I tried to do. I meant to do that, guys. Were you, were you a sofa surfer when you came out of it, or did you have a job so you were able to earn money and just got your own place right away? Like, how how no, no, how no. Uh, responsible were you when you first well, arrived? Responsible, yes. But resourced, no. Okay. So I, I came out, and it was just like, boom. Like, all right street level let's let's do this so i had a couple friends who were working in production out here who were super generous like be like stay with me whatever whatever so i was kind of figuring it out so it took me a while to sort of get my footing sorry i keep feeling that's all right doing an, uh, so, you, so uh, we all, we always have a theory about when you first move out or how long yeah. you can how you can live how long you can live off of your friends before they slowly stop becoming your friends yeah before they like get yeah. the fuck well, out again this is a great testament to the philly thing is these were all philly friends who uh, were amazingly uh, patient and super loyal, and were just like, like we'll just do, we'll just take, yeah, take your time, man. This yeah. is how it works. You just gotta just starting over. So it's like anytime you move to a new city, it takes you a couple of like three years to be like, okay, this is home. Three years, this guy to you, feel like home. Okay, right. to feel like home, not to be, and a, not to uh, live on someone's couch for three years. <laughs> no, hey, no, I didn't Don, do listen, uh, <laughs> you know that whole Philly it's been thing. Been a decade. Yeah, Get no, out. I'm Philly. That means no rent from me. <laughs> no Philly. What? I make I make uh I'll make meals for you? No. It wasn't that long. Of that, so did you start just, at, did you did you reboot yourself? Did you start at the bottom where you were you a grinder where you take yeah, a PA jobs and just doing whatever? Assistant. I worked as a development assistant which was I learned so much uh, and I was working for some people who were notable. Uh, and then that deal kind of like ended where it was. So then I I uh, sold a project to uh, Sony Digital at the time, and that was this is of, when, like, how long ago is this we're talking about? Oh Lord, when did you come out here? Uh, I guess I was like settling out here in like 2008. Okay, ish. Uh, it's it's I get a little like. So you've been machine. out here about ten years. Yeah. Okay. So I sold this project, and then I was like done with this other job, and a friend of mine who worked in. Um, uh, over at um, was working at 495 at the time so I, said, I keep pointing at John because this is how we met originally yes but um so I was working on this project and and I was like oh this is great this is my big moment you know boom no problem from here on out get a, an agent involved a lawyer, you know all that kind of stuff and <laughs> you realize it was like a rude awakening to like the realities of the business so it was happening but it was all happening very slowly and this guy I knew uh, who's was just like, let me just, I'll just throw you a job in the meantime. You're going to need it. Because uh, we had the same agent. And I was like, well, I don't need that. Because, 
Thank uh, you very much. Thank got you, some, no. You got some I'm, projects I'm being good. sold. I'm good. I just need a larger wallet. Like that's so you want to help me out? <laughs> Give me a larger yeah. wallet. Because that's what I need. Maybe a, you know, an extra large bank. I don't Whatever. So uh, thank God he, he hooked me up with a job, and I was like grunt level on that stuff in post. And then uh, – yeah, and then uh, it took a while for like the deal things to close and whatever. And then I was writing for the basically the entire fall that I did this while working on the show. Uh, and at the end of it all, like they decided to like not move forward with any of these projects because <sighs> like there were about like five people that had deals in the same way. So it kind of dissolved, and you know, uh, which as these things do quite yep. often. Uh, That's but, a big part of the business is being able to. Watch something you love go away and yeah. immediately trying to start figuring something else right. out. And I'm still really proud of the project and they own it and they can, and that's what it is. They paid me and that was awesome. So I got, I was like, it was still like a win for me. Cause right. I, cause I got paid, you know, this is the first time you get paid like out in Hollywood to like write something. So that was pretty rad. And then I just kind of ended up on this trajectory of working on these weird shows that were like comedy unscripted and like prank shows and things like that. And like that's where John and I met. We were both working on uh, as producers on. Uh, do you want me to t- say all this stuff? Or is you can't. Yeah, secret? no, this is on disaster. Top date. secret. Oh, John yeah. life. I came yeah. into disaster date though. John's like, like, no, I was born a comedian of great <laughs> renown, and I would have done nothing else but. I came into disaster date uh, at the very end of it, like the last like four or five episodes. I feel like. I but was that's there. where you guys were, met. Was yeah, you came that's in where in we met. Yeah. That's where I my met brother's wife uh, created that show. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was a super fun show. There was great uh, UCB. They were breaking a lot of like UCB talent in uh, in the cast. And then John and I would also end up playing like bit part random. Roles. Like I was a yeah yeah. You were the. I remember one. I I produced in post. You were the uh, a farmer guy. Like, I was like a mo- an Amish an dude. Amish guy. Yeah. yeah. And you came in. You're like I'm Amish. And I had <laughs> I normal had, voice. I had like a goat or something. There was one. I brought a goat. I was like yeah. a goat trainer, and I was like. Hey guys, uh, you were super good, and it was really funny because I was like, "Who is this dude?" Um, and then, uh, yeah, at one point, I played like a like a sort of like quasi Eastern Bloc, like Russian, like uh, <laughs> attache for like a, a guy who's a prince. Nice, I don't know. Yeah, and and while you know, like while the guys in the bathroom, I tell the girl, I'm like, "Listen, there are because they're on a date." So I was like, "I'm his handler." There are a couple of rules you must follow whenever he does this. You do, you know. So it's all the hidden camera stuff. So, so you, so w- anyway. w- did you always kind of dabble in both the production side and the creative side, whether it be in front of the camera or behind the camera, or were you initially just a nuts and bolts? Because it sounds like you, uh, as as I'm kind of like reading the storyline that you're telling me here, it seems like you were kind of always dabbling in all of them simultaneously. Kind of, yeah, and it was kind of before it was fashionable to do. I was going to so. say that's not normally. Normally, they yeah. would say pick one. Well, and now and stick n- with it. Now this uh, everyone's expected to be like a multi hyphenate to the point to time, the point where in production, I'm I'm very limited on the jobs I can get because they want someone who can do all the producer work, but also shoot the whole thing and edit it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, no, no, no. I produce. I hire a shooter and right. an editor. Like, why would I... If I'm doing all... They call it a predator. Pr- producer, shooter, editor. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great... Ugh, it's yeah. obnoxious, dude. It, but, <laughs> but also, that's where... It's that's like, when I first started to realize, like, oh, I'm, I'm getting old. Like, I'm, I'm now being worked out of the production but end. Not, I mean, I think part of it is, like... Well, at that time... So, you know, if I was doing this... I didn't really tell those people I was doing all these other things. Sure, yeah. If I was doing those other things, they didn't really know I did this. But now, thank 
goodness that I kind of like learned. It's all this. How yeah. to wear a bunch of different hats because now it's like you, you know, even with the the show, doing a live uh, show. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you got to know how to produce write, and talk to people and yeah. write it and edit it and put it all together and, and produce it literally. Like, yeah, like you know, I'm like sending out up. call sheets and stuff. At the same time, I'm like finishing an edit. You know, yeah. It's like, What's so the you, best gig that you've enjoyed so far ooh, since you've been doing well, it? Oh, I don't know if it's his best one, but I definitely want to talk for about it. For you, you know, something that you've like that you when I say best gig, meaning for you personally, you were like, you know what? Um this is if I could do this all the time. Well zip you know, lining with a pig. What's that? Oh, oh, that's great. The Wait, with the commercial? Zip lining with a pig. Oh yeah. yeah I've did. done some really notable commercials, uh, as John has. And uh, have you do you no, ever get no, in that game? No. no. Remember no, the ones you not? sent? Was that you that sent me? Oh, was it you that sent the that? video reel of Brian as a young? <laughs> I looked up. I was like, wait, I was like, wait a minute. And I was like watching some of your stand-up when John told me about this. And I found that video clip of you in that ad for like the, was that you in the ad? The dog like chow the, or something? or At a video store? <clears throat> no, RSC video. That's, that's you though, right? Like yeah, I used to work day. in an ad agency and I created that video and they're like, why don't you just do it? And the thing is, is I wasn't, hey, I, <laughs> I'm not an actor. So I was literally reading the lines off the side. I mean, it was like old school production, right? Oh, on yeah. a cue card. Like, on oh. a cue card, just off. Yeah. So yeah. R- I love, I think it's, I, I love that John, video. I was like, is this, is this the same Oh guy? yeah. RSC, RSC video superstore. Yeah. It was hilarious. And no one like, went to the place. Pulled them up. They'd fan out. I was like, you glued those together. You glued those videos together. I mean, uh, it was it was, was really an homage funny. to cheesy. I mean, it, it was done intentionally, oh, yeah, it was, right? Yeah. But still, like, I look at that, and I'm thinking we're in a turtleneck. Fucking top dot shit. Dude, that's yeah, I was some early 90s look right there. Dude, that is perfect early Straight 90s. Straight turtleneck, turtleneck, acid wash jeans. Yeah, like, no, we, I was never acid wash jeans. I couldn't about do it. white and Reebok high tops? When you popped nope. up, peep, you're like, clearly someone's like, okay, when he pops up, be surprised. So when you would <laughs> pop up, everyone goes, I guess. I do. But they don't change their no. The one lady didn't change her expression on her face. She just like stepped oh back. She's my like, God, yeah. <laughs> I love that video. I love making fun of myself in that video. I've that, got some other turtleneckings that I've done. Yeah, because I used to work in radio. So well, yeah, right. Because for some in reason, in radio they come up a lot. Well, no, it just seemed like I think for whatever reason all my projects that I was doing on video happened to be during the winter time. And back then, <laughs> it's January, you motherfucker, it, you right? bet your ass I got to turn on that. So on. I used to I have to do these. Scarf, I, I for a short period of time I did morning radio at uh, Radio right, Reference at WLUM in Milwaukee, and I had to do some promos for it, and uh, you know some really old school green screen promo stuff. Oh, really? And, yeah, with my. New Rock 1021 sweatshirt with my turtleneck underneath do you have it. Those, do you have those posted anywhere? I don't know if I've put those ones up or not. I may have held off on those ones just in case there was a licensing issue on it. But no, I mean, I still have them. And but yeah. I'm, I, these are all VHSs that I probably would have to yeah. convert. You know, that's what's point, awesome because like, that video, I'll, and like that's not a laughing at you. No, it thing. should be. And I do the same thing. It's, it's ridiculous. L- it's legit funny. Like yeah. that stuff is funny. And I feel like you have to embrace the, the, the journey. Of those things, and it's a timepiece. Like if you're gonna upload or the those ones with the turtleneck, the, the promos for the thing, it's like VHS. You know the ribbon going through the thing. Yeah. it's like it's an awesome timepiece. From and it's all like like you were saying. It's like all these things conspire to get you to the place that you're in now, which well, is an awesome thing. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I but also, it. wouldn't you agree? Like this is the one thing. Like if somebody was to say to me. Hey, the guy who hasn't really succeeded in the business, you have any advice? I would say that regardless of that, you have to understand. Because when you look back at your your arc, yeah. you suck. 
you're gonna there's no very few people if any none are like you look at it like that is brilliance in the no, making right. none it's like no you're you may think in the moment you're crushing it but you'll look back in that 20 years later and go holy <laughs> shit right. Right, right. Like, I was horrible, and you know what? That's okay. Yeah, and la- and laugh at it, and be like, "That's how you figure that, out what exactly. you're doing." But to have this mentality of like, it's got to be perfect out of the box. It's not perfect out of the box. I'm never right. gonna make it this business because like, and you can't definitely can't put that video on. Like, I'm all for like, I was I was really early in the YouTube game. I people would that's the one thing people would ask me like. Any suggestions? I'm like, yeah, put it all out, dude. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's, you're not here. You, you don't make that final decision. Right. Put it out. Yeah. Move on. Because yeah. I, I said, otherwise, you will, if you're, you'll nitpick yourself and you'll never put anything out. Right. Like, just let it go. And that's, you Just know, be done with it. Looping it back around to the Cam Don Yes stuff is that when Cameron and I started making all these materials and all this, like, fun, weird stuff, some of it was, like, piecemeal or just, like, ideas or, like, you know, like, there's one where, like, floating off a couch into space and we go through oatmeal and it's, like, a whole, it's, there's no point to it, but it's also just like, I don't know who cares. Like right. at this point, like you, there's a, I feel like there's a weird thing happening right now where everyone's so afraid of, it's like, where does your legacy fit into like the current, um, I don't want to come off like half cocked with this idea, but like, you know, the idea that basically like you have to still be brave and like try stuff and trust that you're not an idiot and, you know, things will live forever now, and that's like really that's tricky. that is the hard part is that As you get you don't get a lot of leeway on your on your growth. Yeah, it's like uh, like I, I agree full heartedly with what Leslie Jones said on TV not that long ago, which was like you comedians it, it takes a long time to find their voice, right? And they're gonna try stuff, yeah. And they're gonna attempt jokes that are not funny, right. that offend people, that bother someone's moral compass, but like. You have to allow these people. Like, if you took all the, like, the first two years of my jokes, I'm sure a lot of them are like, like, almost all of them suck, and a lot of them would be considered offensive. Now, do I still tell those jokes? No, because I grew past that. Like, artists have to have room to grow. And I'm not saying some guy coming out Nazi goose stepping all over a stage needs room to grow. I'm saying comedian who does. No, but I'm just saying like. If, like he's, if that no, he's was talking about himself. Oh god. If that was something someone thought <laughs> was edgy John. or creative or whatever, but like I just feel like the, people aren't being allowed to grow because everything does live forever and people will just point at something you did 10 years ago and go, "Huh? Look at this. You're a piece of shit. Look yeah, what you did here." Right. It's like, "Hey, I didn't fucking know any better. I was 20 whatever." I, I will was, say though that those people eventually get called out on their own shit. I think that's what comes around goes around. It's like which is why I've always tried to catch myself to not be too hypercritical in the social media if, world because if, I kind of yeah. feel like kind of what you're saying it's like I'm very self-aware at this point and I know I've said and have made mm-hmm. content that's shit. And it's like so why would I start telling other people their stuff yeah. is shit when they can easily go back, you know, yeah, a decade right. or like 15 years ago and go, f- yeah. really? Okay. So, all right there, guy. What about yeah, this Here's one a here? list yeah. of all the crap you've done. Like, right. That's like if I got online and made fun of people's hair. It's like, hey, your right. hair sucks. Like, hey, guy, are you really the person that should be mocking people's hair? Like, yeah, I mean, look. Look at these locks. <laughs> I will, you, know what, you know what I will your say? Cause, and, I, and I do want to get back to, you know, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that you've, you're best. So I want to get back to that in a second. But I will say that with, like, the evolution, and this is something that, that has come having kids, is uh, body shaming has completely changed for a good for a good thing. It's so funny when I look back on my life. Like, when we were growing up, we were dicks. Like, if you were fat or you had a limp, like, oh, yeah. we just fucking nice railed on tits, those people, right? Boy. Like, all that shit, right? Oh, and it's like, now I look at it and go... 
Yeah, no, there's no one's perfect. Like, what the fuck was the matter with and us? Like, we, we felt gives so a comfortable. Shit what somebody else's body and looks not, like. And I'm not just talking about us on the streets. You could watch movies and TV shows, right. and they'd be like, "Hey, fatso, hey, fat fuck," like that, like that kind of shit was like right. with it was in our world, like it was in our arena of things that were okay to right. to say or it's watch like, NYPD Blue. The yeah. shit or, they say yeah. on that guys, show. Uh, you guys, I think spoke when you were talking about the bad news bears with was that with Rob. Uh, maybe but I, Brian Tom Brandon brings up yeah, my kid's name you after were like, her, yeah. you were like I mean it basically is like the same you know you're just like I culturally that's just where people were it's and where they were did not would not have faced anyone for a little league coach to be drinking in a dugout back it doesn't in the fucking excuse 70s and 80s weird bad things or racism or anything like that by any means um, no, but we call it growth, though. Like John was talking about earlier. Right. <laughs> you look at it and you go, "Oh, I've grown way up." Yeah. Since then, I right. was going for a cheap laugh, or I've I tried to do this because it was shocking, and it just comes across as comes off flat or offensive, and you right. move on. Like unless that's who you are, unless you're like a super racist lunatic who's like, "No, this joke has to make it because I don't like black people." It's like that's not what I'm talking. I'm right. talking about like. Like, you make a joke that involves race or whatever, and it falls flat, you know? Eventually, you stop doing the joke. Right. You learn from it. You either take parts of it that make sense, whatever. But, like, as a comedian, that's what you have to do. I don't... I And when I say have to, I'm just saying I don't know of any other way to write jokes other than write them down, think they're funny, try them on stage, hope to get a reaction that's yeah. positive, and if you repeatedly get a negative reaction or it's not getting a laugh... You have to examine why mm-hmm. and either tweak it or get rid of it. And this this and is the hard thing about doing, like, I'm not a straight stand-up guy. And so, like, I feel like the need to constantly be pulling from the zeitgeist and generating material, it's like, it's, it's shark-infested waters to figure out, like, how to frame what's happening and find humor. And especially now, I feel like when things feel so dark, you know? Right. For, I don't envy you guys ha- having to navigate that because it's so complicated. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you using, I using my kids as, as a gauge. And like, if you want to tell a joke about weight, mm-hmm. their perceptions, the world that they live in now, it's like, dude, you shouldn't be calling anybody out about the way they look. That. It's, it's like, that, it's like, like genetics. It's yeah. like, we all are different. We all, you know, are not blessed with like the perfect, yeah. you know, right. body. And so they, they're in a world now where like, it would be, so outside the norm, be like that fat fuck over there. Like in a by, in a passing way of like yeah. when you're mad at somebody, right? Like if I got mad at you, uh, you know, in the '80s or whatever, and you were like 100 pounds overweight, what would I probably say? Hey, fat ass, hey, that fat, fat fuck over there. It's like that had nothing to do with the situation, right? But that's where we would go, right? Like we're now, I think kids are like. Why would you say that? Right. Like, why are you bringing the, the way they look into this? It has nothing to do with it. And I think that that's an evolution of a thing. But going back to comedy and navigating those waters, it's like, you know, b- having that, 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 like that type of, I'm using weight as an example, just because yeah. I think it's one of the safer genres. Yes, absolutely. But, pointing at me. <laughs> but, but, what's that? <laughs> no, joking. No, but, but using, using weight. No, as an right. example. I was going like this. It's I just just, I'm, I'm doing more like of a choke, a choke hold move. It's, I'm eventually going to choke one of you. He's like Darth Vader. He just no, but it's just like that. That would be a classic um, diff, uh, way of trying to navigate that and still have something to say and using it in a in a, in a clever way. I I think I actually like it. I think that comedy does need to evolve in a certain way. That like comedy's one of comedy's core jobs is to point out hypocrisy mm-hmm. through comedy don't shy away from it 
but like what John's talking about, it's like don't just do it because you hate black people or, or because you hate fat people. Yeah. You're just a dick or a racist at yeah. that point. Right. Either have a There's point nothing, yeah. or an out or, well, or see, a reason. You know, the great thing now is like I feel like the emotional intelligence that people that your kids have from growing up in a world where like you don't call, like who's this guy calling people? I'm not watching this guy. Like you know yeah. their emotional intelligence is so high, um, and they have that access to like a better sort of outlook on things. I don't know if that's just like no, it, you guys raising them or if that culturally It's a it's, it's a culture, it's, it's both. Cultural. It's both. It's cultural, yeah. yeah. But you're right. And then you talk about the evolution, but that evolution is also inside your kids, meaning like now when you say you guys, John does not raise the kids with me. Uh, he's actually not allowed around. Um, my I thought kids. you were together. I'm a helper. <laughs> Isn't that what that uh, Um but like I'm I don't helper. judge. I just thought that was the If your kids come up in a world where they're like, "You uh, why would you make fun of that person for being overweight? That's not something you should do." That means why are you that pointing at me too. That John? they have <laughs> We'll talk to you about it after the show. <laughs> that they that inside they also are like not as concerned with like body image, meaning right. Do you know what I mean? They're not like cuz if, if when you were younger, you made fun of if I made fun of someone for being fat, it was because I was probably embarrassed about either my weight or my body or something to do with me, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, So, yeah, so yeah, like, exactly. with, with a kid now who's like, why would you make fun of that person for being overweight? Is like, also, like, why would you make fun of me for ha- walking this way? Or this right. is how I run? Or what is the problem? This is just wh- who I am and what I do. So it's a more positive... Like, we talk about, in comedy especially, we talk about the negativity of... of of be, living in a, a, such a politically correct world, but the positive stuff that comes out of it is, yeah, we don't have to call someone retard anymore. Do you know what I mean? I was like, just going to say, I think the greatest human evolution in the last 20 to 25 years is how we look at what now would be called um, a disabled or handicapped or mentally handicapped people. The way we were raised and what you, what you could get away with and how you could mock them and make fun of them and like all that stuff, that would be the biggest, I would say, one of the biggest human evolutions we've had is like, what right. the fuck was the matter with us, man? Well, the yeah. fact that all things like that happened in like a pop, that's why when you hear like... That's what I'm talking about, pop culture. Yeah. do that stuff, like, uh, you know, like early in the election, you remember like the reporter thing. Yeah, yeah. you it's thought just, we were way past that. But it like cut, it well, cuts through. Are. When people say that word, it cuts He's not. It, cuts well, it goes back to what I was telling you about before. There are certain people that just don't want to let go of like, oh, what's the big deal? Yeah. The get over it. I but mean, so my whole thing is then, what is the big deal? Get over it. Like, don't use it. Like... Like what? So so you have to change one word out of your language. What is the big deal? Just don't say it. Just don't. Yeah. Why is that such an issue? Why is that such a problem? Like, I feel like the whole you, as a kid, I was always really sensitive to that stuff. I wasn't like a, a freedom fighter, and that's where I I feel like I as a kid I wish I was had more bravery to to not to like speak up when I saw yeah. it to other people to say like you know I, maybe you shouldn't tell that like but as like a person who has like a funny outlook like that's a survival as you probably know that's like a survival mechanism yep. as a kid it's like I avoided getting beat up or like picked on by just being as effusive like you know that was like my my tool for like navigating things. You know, it's not like I was trying. People are trying to like. Beat no, but you could talk your way out of something. You could make someone laugh. You could do. You have ways right. of deflecting, whatever. I just any wish real. I was more sensitive to when because that stuff where I grew up, that stuff was. I mean, people. I mean, maybe that's just it is everywhere. But I yeah. When I think back to like the horrible things people said and did in in my high school and stuff, and I just wish that I had was not scared. Yeah, at that point, but that's another point of like growing up and getting older and being like you know like, and the the beautiful thing again about like your the the generation your kids have, 
where that's like inherent. Like that's like no, that doesn't fly. It's no longer the norm. It's actually the oddity. Like the, like that person becomes ostracized for behaving that way. Right. For before they became the the praise, the cool guy. Right. For like picking on everybody. Now that person's like. Dude, you got a pro- a, you got you have you have mental problems. There's something wrong with you. You probably should get that looked at. Like yeah, you're behaved that way. It's, it's like amazing, it's a total it's a total reverse. Yeah, exactly. They're like you need therapy. Yes. Why are you yeah. telling me that? It's like Billy Madison when he goes back to high school and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm kick ass." And everyone like picks on him and he's like, "Oh man, this fucking sucks." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a beautiful, I mean, no joke, it is a beautiful paradigm shift yeah. in how things and that's one of the things I'm so th- like not to be like, you know, Pollyanna about this, but like I really am thankful that we can be alive during this time where there it feels like there is a positive shift happening. You know, and it's like the it's like those weird secondary benefits from I hate to say it, from like a Trumpian world where you're like, you know what? People are like no more status quo. Like now we know the problem. I mean, now now the people at large are like this doesn't fly anymore. Like, you know, he's basically He's bringing everything out of the closet. I don't want to give him credit for any of this. Yeah. No, but, but it's like spring cleaning of, of, of the world. But it's but like it's, it's, it's being, it's being brought out of the closet. Fire. We're dusting it off and going, we still fucking have this shit? And it's like hitting yeah. rock bottom as a country yeah. where yeah. you're like, okay, well, we can't do this anymore. Yeah, this is not fucking flying. And that's when I think part of the lesson that uh, from this era that I th- hope that people take is that, like, you know, you know, we're talking before about people getting overwhelmed and being like, I can't do anything. Um, I think the lesson is you cannot just because we have access to the every issue in the entire world, you can't just be like, I'm just gonna curl up in a ball. You have to just be local as yeah. much as you can every day. I mean if you can go if you have the resources to be like a global influence for a positive change, so that, that's I, I can okay. guarantee the listeners of this like, podcast do not have that. How do you know? How do you know Elon Musk? <laughs> well, Elon Musk is like Gates my is favorite, not to this. My Elon favorite Musk. podcast that I've never talked about. <laughs> Hey, Bill Gates, like you could really Elon help Musk us out by like, one Elon mention. Musk, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what? It's, it's yeah, going, going to shoot a rocket. But it goes back to know. the, the uh, and, and then I do want to get back to the other thing, but it goes back to, to bring it all full circle, it goes mm. back to the butterfly effect that you guys were talking about before. When you say go local, it's actually really important because you have to understand that, like, um, behavior is, um, it's, in, it's in, 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 infectious, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. you, you just, all you have to do is pick a cause, right? So it's like, let's say your cause is, you know, I don't whatever. I mean, the environment, right? Obesity. Yeah. Or, or, yeah right, yes. <laughs> Stop looking at me, John. <laughs> I told him we talked to him about it after the show. Oh, look, sorry. Look, this couch is making my shirt. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's making my shirt look tight. <laughs> the worst thing about getting over 40 is when you sit down, your body just expands oh, outward. Yeah. And it just kind look of like me. becomes like a, it's like it all of a sudden you're like, wait, where were you? I had structure before? Like, oh, like when did my body lose structure? Well, lucky for me, I never had structure. So everything. I'm so just you like, always had a 40 year old man body? Kind of. Uh, yeah, kind of. Like, <laughs> look at you. You're born, so, I was born that husky way. when I was a kid. This baby's cute, but he has a forty-year-old man body when he sits down. Yeah. So anyway, Every so it's like, I, yeah. Sorry. So you, you <laughs> cause it, what you do is infectious, right? So it's like right. your thing is the environment, right? But someone ultimately is only inspired by the fact that you have chosen to care about something, and they will find their own thing to care about. Like that's what that when you talk about instead of, instead of just curling <laughs> up because right. you can't solve all the problems, mm-hmm. do your thing. And then someone goes, well, that's cool, but you know what? I really like this, but I'm inspired by the way that you are like going after this. Um, I'm going to go after this other category. Like, right. So that's the kind of way I think you got to start treating stuff instead mm-hmm. of it, everything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost kind of like sometimes when you log online, which I try to limit my access to doing now, it's like sometimes you're like, holy shit, 
there's a uh, hundred of my friends are have GoFundMe right now. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Like right. that, like everything gets very like. Yeah, everyone I know has a GoFundMe. They have medical expenses, and I can can't pay my rent. I, yeah, so it's yeah, like it's, I, I, everyone yeah. is kind of fucked. I don't know. Like I can't. And, but you, you have all to... you can do though is go. But you know what? Somebody else. <clears throat> I'm sure somebody. You know, you can. Sometimes you have to just go. Somebody else will step up. Mm. And that doesn't make you a worse person. No, I you know mean, what I mean. It's like somebody you else can only do what you, you, know, you can, can do. do. But There's no thing, like, and this is what I I am not. In the past, I've had moments where I've done more of the volunteer stuff uh, over the years because LA's got a lot of amazing resources for stuff like that. That's real easy to get involved with, which uh, I've been better at. And in the recent times where I've been like really busy in the last couple of years, I have not been as good about it. So one of the things I was like 2019 after I'm done this next show I'm working on. Like 2019, it's like I'm gonna dip back in, um, but I think that's there are ways to do something with your downtime that costs you nothing. So like if yeah. you're not in a position to be like yeah doling out cash all the time, you can you still know, like, make a difference, mm-hmm. right? You know, you can still do something even if it's just like one or two or three little times. It's honestly like just start doing starting doing anything. Is is important. I know it sounds so trite to say it because no, like, it doesn't. If because I'm not living it all the time. Like who am I? But well, I'm the. Uh, you're talking to the PTA president and the former, 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 and and um, you ousted. He was impeached. I yeah, I self impeached. <laughs> I um <laughs> never in the history of politics has anyone self impeached. I bring that up sarcastically, but also I'm bringing up truthfully in the fact that that's uh, you know when you're when you run an organization like that, and that's an organization, especially at my school, they raise a lot of money, so it's an, it's like an, a, a fairly decent sized undertaking fundraiser. And so, what I found myself saying is kind of what you were saying. It's like, look, man, you don't have to be me. You don't have to be these three or four other people that are here every day doing something. It's not about that. If it's the if you have that one thing in that one moment that's going to make the difference, that's all that really matters. And I know some people think that that's fluff, but that's actually it's not. It actually is true. It's I take that same mentality. Like when I coach kids in football, I see kids get down on other kids in sports when they're not as good as the, everybody else. And I always stop them and I go, "You need to understand something. How the world works." Yeah. I go, "You're all out there, right?" I go, "If you keep getting on that person, there's going to come one moment where you're going to need them to make the one play." Mm-hmm. You're so focused about all the other crap that's going on, yeah. and you're beating them down. I said, if you just don't do that, if you don't point out everything they can't do, and you point out that thing that just, if you can give me that one moment, that one thing, I go, you're going to get more of a greater impact. It's not about right. the whole sometimes. It's about that one moment that fits into the whole. Yeah. And that's kind of how you got to look at everything. I, I mean, if, one, if everybody did one thing, if everybody who could who could take the time and did to do and do one thing, how much better would that be? Right. You know I, I think, mean? and I do think you know that goes back to all the other stuff. Full circle, and then I truly am going to get back to oh. your favorite thing is that I actually do believe that the majority of people do do one thing. Mm-hmm. I I tr- do do. I do believe that they actually <laughs> they do do. They do, do. I think everybody. Do do. That's well, the one no, thing not all have in common. No, beautiful women don't go poop. <laughs> Remember, remember when that Please was always a thing? Away. It's like, oh, beautiful women don't poop. <laughs> I don't remember that, actually. Everyone doo-doos. I think I, pro- I, I got that probably from man. listening to Howard. A total I remember time when in the history. target was a fresh and easy. So, <laughs> fresh and easy. They tried. Yeah. The, uh, um, so, yeah. So, what are, what is, like, where are some moments since you've um, been doing all this where you were like, you know what? Yes. Well, yes. Can, can I? I would like to interject yeah. real quick because um, you you do a lot of interesting voices uh, on the show here. You've done some characters. Oh like a, yeah. 
But Sorry, uh, I turn on the heat too. Yeah, it's too much. It's too it much. It's very hot in here. No, there's but, no, there's, we have no insulation. But uh, uh, a, a topic that we've talked about a thousand times on the show is toys, toys we played with when we were growing oh, up, yeah. all that shit. And when I saw the documentary Toys That Made Us, I was like, well, this was made, this was made for me. Like, yeah. And my wife, too, we both, like, she wasn't necessarily into G.I. Joe or Star Wars toys, but Such she, a good story. really fascinating yeah. stories. And I didn't realize this until. Uh, I saw you on a podium at Comic Con. Oh, nice! On a on a picture, but you do the voice of yeah, the, the narration, the narration for, for the toys yeah. that made us both I'm, both I, seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the new one that's coming up, which and, I, can, I I assume this is going to. There's another new thing, but I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that yet. Okay. But you'll see. You'll you'll see it. But okay. we'll talk about uh, it off air as along with your weight issue. Right. Yeah, we, we got we have a separate. Oh, we, this is why you do voices, Don. This is why you do voices. That's right. Exactly, because uh, not camera cool. friendly. Uh, no, that's something. The voiceover stuff, in particular, is something I've wanted to do since I was a little kid. And yeah, I, I ran into a friend of mine, or a childhood friend of mine, who is now out here. Uh, he's a great dude, and he was just like, uh, I hadn't seen him for a while, and he had moved out here for a job, and he was like working, and he's like. He's like, so you're doing it, right? You're doing this thing. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I remember when we were little kids, and we were friends like when our like third grade era. And he's like, you always said you want to do you want to like do voices for cartoons and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right, you know, because we get really snow blind here, where we're like, we're never doing it. Like, I'm not doing the the thing I'm, I'm supposed enough, to do. I'm not getting on stage enough, or I'm not doing this or whatever. And like, you go home, and everyone's like. You get on stage wow. three times a week? No. Holy shit. No, like, because yeah, because it is cool. And it's like you forget that what you do is really, it's fun and cool. And like you're using all these like, I don't know. It's, I'm not being very articulate right no, now. No, what you're saying coffee. basically, and we've talked about this too. Sometimes you have to stop, look, pull yourself out of your yeah. life, look at your life yeah. and go, oh my God. Yeah. I didn't realize I did all this. Because you, because again, you're yeah. so focused in the moment you never look back to see where you were no. and where you've gotten. Right, you know? and it's like, and it's like, yeah, you feel like you're always like clawing and scraping your way. And no matter where you are in your career, too, like you talk to people who are making like millions and millions and millions per job, and they're just like more, more money, more problems. That are basically like, I'm one, jo- I'm one, like not getting this job away from being like in the hole and having to like sell everything that I have. You know, what I, I, mean? I think and that's the, the scary part is where you're like, if yeah, if you could live in a two bedroom rancher. You know, yeah, and do whatever. Yeah, you can. You're good forever, man. But as soon as you uh, start to grow out of that, relative, and think you yeah. need stuff. But I just Harrison Ford in, in an interview once was like, I assume that every job I take is my last is my last job. I, I kind of do too. No, but that's how I don't. I mean, I'm not saying you should look at it. Uh, look that look at that way from a point of like, oh, I'm doomed. But like, you know, this might be it. Let yeah. me put everything I got into this gig and see how it turns out, you know? And that's um, all you got is the moment. Yeah. Uh, and to, to to that end about the Toys That Made Us stuff, uh, it's one, I'm so into the show. Yeah. And I'm so into the, the process of how uh, it's put together. And, like, I know uh, there there's a, the writer, EP, editor who is like kind of like shaped a lot of the language of the show and the way it's woven into the narrative. It's so intelligently done and cleverly yeah. done. And I'm such a fan of how it's put together that, and I know this sounds like you've got to just be like super positive about, it, but it's, it's a legit good show. And oh dude, if anybody hasn't seen it, I highly recommend oh, it. If me- you have any interest in like the toys used to, if you're, you know, 35 or older and you, are you going to, did you do Godzilla? 
Not no, yet. No, no, uh, and I don't know if that that, that would be that. Great, it's actually, it, that's a very it's a very specific market, but yeah, no, right. I, well, the whole like you know the new season has a bunch of there's some stuff kind of Comic Con released. People are start releasing stuff with like TMNT and all that. Yeah, but, Teenage Mutant Ninja um, Turtles. Uh, they they listed the whole the whole lineup for the new season. It's yeah, I can't remember everything. Right yeah, no, now, I've I've en- I, I enjoyed the show. I mean, obviously, I'm, I have toys. Yeah, a, but a I mean, how cool they're was it? Not to out see anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I have a thing in the back that. Oh, just I, knowing like the funniest thing to me. Was I stopped n- collecting because it's it's insane. And he's it married, and his bonkers. wife will murder him. <laughs> uh, the same reason all men stop collecting. They don't want to be murdered in nah, their sleep by their wife. In all fairness, I stopped when my kids were really young, and they were like, "Open that, let's play with that." And I was like, "Nah." And then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh shit." Yeah. I'm about to give them a disorder. And I was like, <laughs> I got to pick a couple of these. I'm yeah. like, go ahead. And it was the hardest. It's, it's like an addict. Like It was the hardest thing to do was to hand them a couple things and then sit there and watch them open the boxes up and take them out and knowing like whatever whatever it was that I was doing with that stuff, like I had to let it go. Yeah. Because you, you know? weren't doing it's, shit with it. My point is they were designed for an experience. Right. Yeah. Well, this and is... that's what I w- had to remind myself was the experience. And that's the, the thing that I personally, I'm not sure if everybody else takes this away from the show, but the thing that I love the most about that era of toys and specific, uh, specifically is like the idea of like analog play uh, creating story and narrative and like community with the way kids play with each other and generate their own sort of uh, narratives in a way that's very different from toys now, in my opinion. No, because there's that's so much more fact. I mean, like, toys now are on a screen. Well, it's toys like are us shut down. Yeah. It's like the idea that they're basically <laughs> like, we're just like this. I'm a, an adult. I'm going to tell you, you're going to play this way and you're going to do this thing and do that thing. But like the idea that analog play with things, uh, allows you to create like mythology for yourself as a as a kid yeah. and to come up with ideas. I, I mean I, I know it's shaped me in so many ways. Like yeah. just I playing am. with He Man and G.I. Joe and oh, making yeah. up your own storylines and everybody's yeah. the drama that you had going on and, yeah, and you're creating for, scenes and whole battles and it's 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 just really an amazing thing and it really makes the show, I believe, like a very unique uh, I think that's part of what it makes the show so unique. I mean, the way the storytelling and the way it puts together and like Brian, the creator, like his enthusiasm. The Volkweiss? Yeah. 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 His, his enthusiasm is amazing. Uh, but like the idea that it's this bygone, well, not bygone era, but like an era that like there has fading fast effect on so many people. Yeah. I mean, what, like what we're talking about is, is how like when you're a kid and you're playing with all that shit and then you th- that grows into like okay now I'm gonna write a scene now I'm gonna shoot this scene and now I'm yeah. gonna film this and I'm gonna it 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 grows from a lot of that like you say analog I'm just like the physicality of having toys of right. like I'm you know I'm Snake Eyes I'm Cobra Commander but, 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 yeah. you know what I love you yeah. <laughs> like whatever you want whatever you want to do I was even interested in watching the Barbie thing because that was fascinating to me you know what I mean oh, just it's like amazing. the way they tried to yeah. like you know, you're a girl, you gotta play with this toy, and now it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, the story, and that's the thing about th- that sh- this show in particular, is that the the toys, the stories behind how they they formulated those things is so unique. Like, the G.I. Joe one in particular is, like, the, the fact that the comic, the whole Larry Hama story, and the fact that the comic came out at the same time as the toy, and they would write, because they were like, what if we did a comic and a toy? You know, like yeah, they were the like first people of to kind of do that. Yeah, right. And they were like, there were things coming up in the comic book that would kick to the toy, and they'd be like, oh, but, but what if we have this gun? He'd be like, all right, in the comic book. And it was like this world building that was really 
fascinating and also gave empowered the kid to make choices about the story. Yeah. And I think that's the great uh, legacy of that era of toys. And that's what makes it so interesting. And then on top of that, the people who created all this stuff, they're such legit characters. Oh, yeah. So into what they do. And it was also an era of like pure art where basically like – um, you know, it, when you watch the footage of that stuff, they're they're like car. People are hand carving GI Joes out of like wax molds and like. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. The artistry that went into that, and then the fa- the way the deals all like. Sh- oh, shape, the Lucas like, the deal. Story, the, well, love. the Lucas deal with Star Wars toys, and when they re- renegotiated, he was like, "What am I making? Thirty cents a toy? Like." Fuck this. Like, <laughs> he was making no money. Right. And the toys made more than the movies. Right. So he was like, I'm going to need a bigger piece of that. Like, right. So he renegotiated to, like, basically get all of his money back. But then the idea that there's also a lot of thievery, and not thievery in a, in a, in a negative sense, but, like, with He-Man... Manipulation. <laughs> right. Or, well, what is that, He-Man. advantageous augmentation, or what do we say? What <laughs> yeah, some nonsensical thing to just be like, <laughs> it's, it's thievery, like... The battle cat that He-Man rode on, right. that was a cat, that was a panther from a jungle gym character that failed. Yeah. And they were like, what do we, t- what do, we do? So the battle cat was like bigger than the He-Man toys. Yeah. So they're like, well, this thing is huge. What do we do with it? Make it the thing He-Man rides on. And it literally didn't even change shape. It was like, it's the same shape. It's just put a saddle on it. Yeah, yeah, He-Man's just, riding on it now. But all those guys, too, that era of like, I love it, this sort of like, not hucksterism, but like, like, <clears throat> like, well, we got a whole warehouse full of these cats. Yeah, we, we got, paint them. Yeah. Like, kids are going to love them. They'll play with them. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Like, look at this. The guy rides on them in A. All right, huh? <laughs> but those guys are the ones that empowered, because of their, like, weird, you know, I don't know what you call, like, weird Inept greed. Empowered people <laughs> to make these pieces of art and create these stories and be like, I don't care. Is this sell? It's sell. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. It's sell. No, yeah, it, it sells. You know, whatever. I, I actually... Um, more so than having watching them about the toy experience. Yeah, my true envy is wishing that I could be a part of that type of like creating that type of culture. Yeah, that has that type of impact. Like when I watch it, I, you know, you go in going, oh yeah, I collected all those toys or whatever, and that's a great backstory. And then you start to, they, what you're talking about. Like I, I would kill to have that moment where you're sitting in a room and something you say changes Dude, a culture they, right right they, like this crazy batshit idea becomes this thing that everyone's like oh my god this is the you know what i mean like right, right. to be able to sit around and do that that i said that's when i watch those those shows that's the part that i get like really like my blood that gets worked up and i get like really like yeah i wish i could do that that'd be and you know and the, how stressful that was for right. everybody and shit like hey how big should these star wars characters be and the guy just goes they should be this big and then like made up an arbitrary size with his finger and his thumb they measured that and we're like okay that's how big star wars characters are it's characters like, are that yeah size. it's like when you think about yeah. when you think about baseball and like if first base if the first base was one foot longer or second base was two feet out more or right. it would change the into all the stats you know today all of the stats you know today would be changed by inches yeah you know what i mean just by inches of a base moving so like when something like that happens and it's like you anything could act, like well let's make them this big and then they fail and you have right. just the perfect it's like the perfect storm it's like the guy who can draw it and the dude who likes the comic and the guy who yeah. can make the action figure and the dude it all comes together and some one guy goes 
yeah, I think this is the thing. And yeah. then it, it is, and it's like... Right, well, the, the fact that, like, also in so many of those stories, too, like, everyone's like, nope, 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 nope. Anyone rational is like, nope. Yeah. And then you get to the guy who's like, I don't care. I was like, yeah, I'll fucking <laughs> exactly. put your thing in space. We can all ride yeah, cats, fuck it. tree? Yeah. yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, whatever, come on. Will they like it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they'll like it. Then do it. Yeah, and I but can't. If it fails, you're ruined. Yeah, you're what, done. That, yeah. So I was gonna say that was the other thing I liked about the show. Is I can't. Was it Kenner? Who was the one guy that kind of lost everything? I can't remember which, 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 uh, what, what. Um, I can't remember what company it was. Right, there was the one guy that he was his family company, right, and he ultimately he had ended up mismanaged it, it to you, the point of having. Wait, which one? You, I, I think, and he had to sell it. I, right? I don't want to. I don't think I don't, it's not Kenner because it's not Kenner. I'm trying to think what company it was, but it was a company that was pretty big. Hasbro changed. I'm, I'm gonna miss it. Doesn't it. matter. But my point, yeah. I, 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 I watch, I'll watch but, the but, show for sure. But you kind of remember what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. There was the one guy that somehow or another he had, and, and eventually, like, he's no longer in charge of the company. Basically, whatever oh, the family. I, you're talking about? Are you talking about Marty? Yes. yes. Yeah. Which he, he who, had to give up his company. Was that Has? Was that Hasbro? Well, he got no Marty. Uh, what? Oh my gosh, this is so terrible. Now I feel like I, I almost have to like look it up. Uh, well, I thought you meant you're gonna have to have a cookie, uh, Marty Abrams. Oh, yeah. I feel, you guys. I feel. Like, I'm stressed. I need out. my emotional here, cookie. Like, <laughs> there you go. That's here. Uh, hand me uh, one of those cookies, and I'll do uh, the sound effect of eating. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he had some. <laughs> there were some legal issues. Yeah, yeah. It's con- you know. But that was a family thing, though, right? Like whatever whatever company he was running, that was family, correct? I thought. Uh, or am I confusing two different storylines? I think you might be. I think you're squishing two different okay. storylines together. But the. It's weird because, like, the also those guys who kind of, like, because they may have had, like, a different way into business, you know, were a little more, like, willing to take a chance on these things. Yeah. Or, like, you know, their parents were, like, in the, in, in you know, making, like, garment stuff. Or their parents were, like, you know, my uncle owns a paperclip factory or whatever it is. Like, real, like, I don't know. It's, it's. I'm not articulating this correctly. No, it's fine. But uh, every story is so unique right. to how it develops. It's just it's fascinating right. because it's not literally we, we are talking about the fun part, which is the guys that come up and make it. But mm-hmm. like you're talking about, these are like kooky risk takers that are like, we gotta we're gonna do this and, yeah. and it and, and it's like it hits. It's almost like it's, out of sheer insanity because you come up it, with some crazy idea and it and people are like, Oh yeah, I and, like it. And it's yeah. n- and it's not like big city LA and Chicago and New York. It's no. like these little tiny well, right, like Rhode Island. From, he's like, What yeah. if we uh Put a guy in like thatched underwear and like a and like a, you know, a metal breastplate that exposes his nipples. They're like, yeah, we'll call him He Man. Yeah, He Man. He's gonna be the master of the universe. Yeah, and uh, there's a guy with a skeleton face, and he, uh, you know, you're like, what? Well, and it would be very hard to do that stuff now because legally, also, all that stuff you were talking about, you can't market to kids that way anymore. Like they Mm -hmm. just don't allow it. So the way that they were able to. I'm sorry. Create what's that? I said, what do you mean? Like, they well, want- the way they basically created it was everything was designed around the fact that, like, make this and then you make the toys to go with. Like, the way you were legally, my wife works in, or did used to work in that part of the business where you can only market a certain way to kids. They've really cut off like this, that direct line yeah, of kind Campbell. of what these guys were doing. It was a direct line, let's be honest, right? Like, even if you look at the majority of commercials now, you really don't see those kids doing what we were talking about. Was a lot of the commercial were kids, like, using their, oh, here I come, I'm going to come get you, and, like, doing all this, like, role-playing and stuff like that. That was, a, that was basically a direct, here's the product, 
Here's the child holding the product. Here's how Here's you, you can do use it. it. Yeah. yeah, and that's was that's the whole GI Joe thing was part of that, right? Because that's the the, the all the commercials. commercials. Well, were because they can't you can't show a kid using the toy in a way, I believe that uh, misrepresents what it's capable of. You can be like, you know, have a missile like. Right, right, whatever. but so that there was always had like to be touching the toy and like playing with it. There was always an elaborate outdoor set, and yeah. it was like this kid's got a sweet ass backyard, and he's just out there with the big truck, and oh, Joe. You know, and he's got, they're romping through the woods and everything. But if you have rocks and trees and shit outside, you can do that with yeah. the toys. It's yeah. not like. And that's, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's an interesting, I don't know if I'm just out of touch with the way toys are now, but it seems to me like a very specific era that is uh, not, I, I mean, you have kids. Like, mm-hmm. do, do you feel like kids play with analog or have access to analog? They toys gave the up on it way? quicker because you have to understand the world that they are now growing up in. It's 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 more interactive in a digital arena, and right. it, for the longest time, it it kind of depressed me because that's not what I knew. And I'm not against all that stuff, but all of a sudden, I kind of because my biggest fear was, you know, especially with like video games and stuff like that. It was like, yeah, you're manipulating the situation mm-hmm. on screen, right? But are you using your imagination? That's where I was getting a little bit concerned right. because the, the uh, there there's there to me a lot of the video games don't really allow imagination as You're much as just allows it, yeah. you to participate. Right. But your imagination in respects to storylines and developing characters and doing all those things yeah. that you do when you're playing with real toys. That part of it, I think, has kind of gone by the way. Like, I have a fifth grader, okay? Yeah. When I was in fifth grade, I was still playing with toys. Like, oh, yeah. All the toys, just you know, are like on the other side of this room that we're in. They're not in their bedroom, and they're in bins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legos are about the most interactive that you get, but Legos, they're not doing role-playing. They're just building characters. So they're using your imagination, right? They're creating an identity, if you will which you also could do in video games, which is hilarious. You can create identities. Right. But the role-playing went away very way, fast. Though, yeah. So there, there, is, there is a shift. And, 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 I, and we have to ask ourselves, does it bother us because it's not what we did, or is it bothering us because they're going to be lacking something in the future? That I don't know, because I, I, I would... Can't I, see yeah, the future. I'm, I'm, I well, or I just don't... I'm not... That's not where I... That's not the... I'm not educated in that. Right. And we all work in a business where we are... You know, we all wear hats as the puppet masters, yeah. creating things you want someone to consume on some level. Uh, but yeah, but it is interesting, like toy wise, like you really do wonder if kids are just respond. And again, I'm no child psychologist or like you know, I have no, I know nothing about uh, how kids respond to stimuli like this and how their brains develop. Um, but yeah, you wonder if it's like. Uh, how much, how powerful is that the act of like creating for yourself? Like I personally feel like it is very important because I feel I like, agree. you know, you know, and how you, I'm getting less and less articulate the longer we go on because I need a cookie. But, no, uh, but think about some of the things you were like, John was talking about earlier. It's like, yeah, you're creating like these fantasy worlds. Yeah. But also you, you take, if you're a child, you take reality and you bring it into your role playing with these toys as well. Like you'll, you know what I mean? Sure. Like I used to tell a joke a long time ago, which I don't really remember because I'm not a comedian. You don't according do to John, I don't right. do comedy. But not according to me. That's according, according to you. According to you, where you got information from me. But my point <laughs> is, <laughs> okay, way to put it on me. Well, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, I guess yeah. not. According to your report on me that I gave you, mm-hmm. I no longer. No, but I, 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 um, I somehow or another. 
it I uh, I came up talking about um, clothes mm-hmm. and dogs and their penises coming out, and I was like, "You see the penis?" Do you remember what I'm talking about? I don't really remember what the, the joke, but I mean, you know, they were oh. asking like, "Why is the dog's penis out?" They're really young, and I was like, "Well, because their furs, their clothes, and sometimes." They don't have clothes like we have, and the yeah. penis just falls out of their clothes. Like, I didn't really know how to explain <laughs> it to them. I was talking about the pink pistol, right? Because right. our dog, Gary, when you come home, he's like, yay, and here's my penis. Like, he just doesn't know how to control his emotions, right. so his penis comes out. So I was trying to break it down for them. And that next day, I saw my kid downstairs with, like, a Spider-Man and a Superman. And he was like, it's okay, Spider-Man. Sometimes we just show our penis because we just don't you know, our, <laughs> our clothes on. And I, and I was like, okay, buddy. Um, what here's is the thing I'm like he's got to go back to school tomorrow and I just want to make sure that like he's not I walking around him, going hey Ms. Steve Johnson, I'm so sorry sometimes the penis just moment. comes out no it's not that it oh, was no. the, where I had formulated the joke was I had to be careful because our pets I don't have pet human names. names I have right. human names so I don't want him to be like who's Frank and why yeah, is his yeah, penis yeah, hanging Frank's out Frank's penis is out at the house like is it Uncle Frank like who's Frank and why is his right. penis out at the house parents got to get called in so so there is that they do. There is that role play stuff. You know what I mean? Or like like John was joking earlier. It's like sometimes because kids just don't. They've seen mommy and daddy do it, or daddy and daddy do it, or mommy and mommy do it. Like Superman and Spider Man may make out like for absolutely no reason. Dude. Kid doesn't understand why, but he's decided in the middle of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's time for all of us to kiss, yeah. and you can't freak out about. It. You just kind of go triple yeah. kiss. You just kind of go all right. I mean, they won't see that. I'm, I've been married 13 years. We don't do makeout sessions anymore. But, you know, I mean, like, that's the first thing that goes. Is <laughs> really? You don't get sessions. your French kissing on in front of your kids? Right. Isn't that one of the first things that goes, like, in a relationship make-out is makeout sessions are, like, really, like, well, not a desired first thing of all, anymore? Yeah, it disappears, like, two weeks after you get together, like, <laughs> makeout sessions. I just, but it's, to me, it's an interesting dynamic, the making out, right? Because when you yes. first are into somebody, you're, like, totally going to, like, this is going to be, like, an extra long makeout session. <laughs> and I know just the term makeout session sounds right. disturbing, <laughs> but it is. It's a makeout session right yeah. but then as you get the more you're with each other you're like Smooching. it's mostly just pecks right and petting i always uh, i always and say then just getting to what you need to get to you want a neck a great revival it's like i think you should schedule a makeout session be like <laughs> hey you want a french like, around no, no, three o'clock on like, wednesday no, no, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna go all the way we're just gonna make out you mean her calendar is gonna ping on her phone ping makeout session yeah, seven p.m. Like, french kissing with husband in five minutes that's what i would that's what i would do i think You'd be like, well, you know, we'll we'll lock the bedroom door, or we'll like go into the closet or something together, and just be like five minutes. That's it, and have your phone go off when it's done. Be like, Wasn't it seven minutes of heaven? What is it? Was it called? Basically, yeah. Seven. But that's the fun of like I think you <laughs> you can create that. You can keep that uh, energy going, and also too, it's like you know, adult concern. You're like, oh man, I don't have time for that. I don't, I don't have time for makeout like sessions. Five minutes. You don't have time for five minutes of. Uh, kissing me, I'll brush my teeth and everything. Man, it sounds like, this awesome. sounds like some sort of video you could be selling on TV, like the five-minute makeout bell. Right, yeah, no, exactly. John, I'm telling you. Ding, yeah. ding. Yeah. Ding, ding. Just like the end of uh, Rocky Two. Ding, ding. Ding. Five minutes. Ding. That's all it takes. And, and you're like, wow, just, I feel energized. And nothing over the top had to happen, you know? Yeah. So, so like, walk out right now we're going to get back to that. I know we talked about the toys that right. made us, but what are some of the things that you were like most uh, outside of that, like that you were just like, since your time of making decisions, doing these things mm-hmm. your whole life, when you're talking about stepping out and looking back into it, where you're like, cool, cool, loved it, loved it, amazing. Well, to be honest with you, like currently, the the voiceover stuff, I I just really, 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 really like. And like, it's so fun 
And, uh, you know, like when you're even at like a professional level, like you are just auditioning all the time, you know, and sending stuff into your agent and whatever. But um, it's just the awesomest thing ever. And that's one of the things I'm really psyched about, about doing the Toys That Made Us stuff is because it's such an interpretation. It's not just straight narration. Like right. we have joke rhythm and cookie. Yeah, cookie. Hey, cookie. Yeah, what did my grandfather say? He'd be like, oh, that cookie's repeating on me. <laughs> repeating. Yeah, it's like, stay down, stay down. Poke it down, oh, poke yeah. it down. Oh, see, he left you with something you're never going to forget that he said. No, I love those types of things. things too, yeah. Which I won't repeat. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He was yeah, a talking about evolving. You know what I think? <laughs> no, I don't need to. Nah, I probably have a pretty good idea. I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm good to go. Uh, I don't know. I think like that stuff is really part of the the fun about like when you did you ever do voice voice no and and, and, I, and, and no and so and what, what how long have you been doing the voiceover stuff and uh, that's not an easy world to get into it's no it's no easier than just trying to be a regular actor and like that harder. right it's like it's really hard it's, it's harder really, than being a regular I actor i find it's very hard because like as a regular actor as john knows like you can do a lot with like you know your look or your face or whatever but to to squeeze everything in your eyes down through your through you know, out your mouth, through your lungs, out your mouth, into the microphone. It's really complicated. And, like, it's like a, it's its own craft mm-hmm. that kind of is separate. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, you know. But it's, I have uh, a good voice. I can it. do this. Yeah, you got to work No, and out. I just yeah, tell yeah, everybody, yeah. like, friends are always just like, I want to do this. I'm like, that's, you can. You just have to study a little bit, you know. It's like, when study. you say study, what do you mean? <laughs> I always tell people, if you want to get into it, to go to a place. There's so many resources in LA anyway, where you can take some classes because even just to do commercial stuff, you really have to, it's a craft and there's also, it's partly craft and partly performance and partly what it's trending like industry wise right now, like how you present something like people are like, no, we don't want any, you know, no winks, no nods, just say it flat, but it's not flat. It's got something. It's you, but it's like, there's no emotion, you know, it's like fine line <laughs> of figuring like, well, where do I fit into this? Like, you know, like the way I'm speaking right now, it's too emphatic. They'll be like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, like, you know, so <clears throat> it's like selling without selling. It's kind of the way you see like every ad. Uh, well, a lot of ads on TV. That's uh, a commercial. Basically yeah. like about the ad process. They'll be like, now we're making a commercial. Everyone's like, wink. Because, you know, your kids, people now, like no one can be, you're not being fooled by an advertisement anymore. You know, it's like everyone's wise to when you're being sold. So now yeah. it's just basically like, we're selling. Like, yeah, here it want, is. You want Buy these air it. Fresheners, Come on. Air fresheners or not, you know. Look, we got somebody doing something funny over here. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah, look, boobs. Dong, here we go. Blah, blah. You want it or not. Yeah. Uh, so I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's its own art form, and that's what I really, like, enjoy the most out of it. And the, what I enjoy about the stuff that Cameron and I are doing and the stuff that we incorporate into that show, the, the learning hour at the Dynasty Typewriter. I didn't name drop Dynasty Typewriter, uh, incidentally like the most wonderful place, but uh, we get to kind of incorporate like all these different things, you know, and that's what I'm enjoying so much about the craft of that. Cause it really is like a craft project. We're doing animation. We do. Uh, so I'm, I'm constantly doing like voiceover. I make music, mm, video editing, I, you're making yeah. music, you bands. <clears throat> and then I just uh, actually, when's this going to come out tomorrow, tomorrow. So there's a movie that I did this tomorrow for, Tomorrow. I just found out it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> you guys just told me when it's coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we're, it's we're coming out to, tomorrow. It'll be out. It'll be <laughs> out this sure week. Make sure it's ready to go. It'll so, be out this week. Just so you're clear, uh, if you're listening to this in 2022, it's coming out tomorrow or this week in 2022 or 
I like the year that it was made. That we're all going to still be in 2032. This is never be no more going podcasts. to go away. This is what we call <laughs> evergreen. Evergreen. All right, so continue. Uh, but I, what was we were talking about? Oh, so part, like incorporating the music, the stuff we do live is also everything we do in the post process and the writing and the, you know using all the music stuff. We generally create like all our, all our own stuff. Like we try to make sure everything is basically proprietary. Yeah, just because you it's own fun. it. You control the process from end to end, and it ends up being its own unique kind of weird voice. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, and you. Uh, when is the next uh, Cam Don Yes show? The next Cam Don Yes show, uh, we just finished the, the second one. Second one, which was really fun and super weird. Gotten bigger. They started out, the Dynasty is a great theater, by the way. Mm-hmm. We've had Jamie Flam on. Right as he, oh, you had Jamie on earlier. <clears throat> yeah, right, right as right Vanessa before he was still at the Improv at the time. He was he was pointing or nodding to yeah. the fact that he might be leaving the Improv like, to do I his might own be thing. Doing something. <clears throat> Talking about yeah. how he wanted to get more. He always loved vaudeville and the idea that like more of a variety show yeah. type thing. Um, and then I think it was like within a week of doing our podcast, he had left the Improv. <clears throat> which was a bummer because I had just become kind of friendly with him and he was starting to book me more <laughs> and then he left. But then he opened the Dynasty uh, Theater and yeah. um, started to do that exact thing he'd been talking about. So. Yeah. I have to say, uh, just <clears throat> on the record here, that like part of the the most positive thing, this this has been a, a very interesting and weird creative year with all the stuff going on and like the toy stuff and everything. It's just been kind of awesome. Um and I don't know where it's all going, but I'm super psyched about it. And that's not PR stuff. Like, it's really uh, just fascinating. And the fact that, like, in doing the show, like, people like you getting involved and, like, you eventually. See, John? When you're ready. Yeah. Don't worry, bro. You're in. You <laughs> I'm going to take you. A, can you pretend to be a fake animal wrangler? Once I, once I get a fake one. Yeah. <laughs> a fake one. I'm a squirrel wrangler. You don't know how many animals are in this house, friend. I've been wrangling for a while. Bring, can you, will your dogs... No, they'll commit. They hate John. No. So if that's, that's what we want to do, if you want, if you want, if that episode is how much can we hate John as an animal, then yes. Yeah. Well, if we get, yeah, maybe they can just all bite him. <clears> and it turns time. out, you know why dogs uh, hate people sometimes? Pheromones. No, because they taunt them when you're not in the room with them, and they go, "I don't know why your dogs don't like me because I was just being mean to them." It's not mean to like, but I don't think I ever said I don't know why. Why is your dog not like me when I scream at him? <laughs> Because for the longest like, time, yeah. I thought it was, I was like, oh, they don't like guys with beards. Yeah. It turns out they don't like guys who yell in their faces. <laughs> yeah, who go, <laughs> Well, I found that out when another one of my male friends was like, I was like, I, yeah, it's funny. They act the same way with you that they do with Huck. And I go, that's weird. He goes, well, I got to be honest with you, dude, when you weren't in the room, I was kind of, t- I was like, okay, there's a common thread here as to why these right. dogs are basically. But also when you look at your dogs, they sort of ask to be taunted. Dude, is that what it is? They, yes. it's, they have that look in their eyes. I mean, I they were asking I for try it, to dude. Beat these dogs, because I don't taunt dogs. I, I hug them. I'm a, I'm a yeah, and that'll be. Well, they'll they take that her. as a taunt. I'm gonna also just take John's side in this. They probably won't like you. They don't like most men. Well, maybe we'll find out. <laughs> will find you'll find out and you'll find out you're quick just son. like you're not coming in the other part of my house <laughs> yeah, first we're of all studio. that's locked that's off <laughs> the fa- my favorite one was when my wife and uh, my wife's uh, uh, father came and I wasn't here and he came into the house uh, to because uh, he had to uh, grab something for us or whatever and uh, he's six foot seven and Lord. literally Natalie's dad is six he's seven six seven right good god and Gary Quite the character, the little Gary. They're little dogs, they're yappers. Mm-hmm. Gary literally was barking and spraying urine simultaneously. <laughs> like, how scared are you? They're like, ah! 
There's a total chicken and my friend Tommy. There, there's an amazing musician named Tommy Santa Claus, who I we could talk on and on about all this like weird stuff in LA, but he this guy's incredible. Uh, and he's a good friend of mine. And at one point we were he was over at the house I lived in before where I'm living now. And my dog was there, and we were just talking about like music stuff. And we're like, okay, here's what blah blah blah. And he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go. He's a big guy. He's very tall, but he's also a stout guy, like like a um, just a big dude. And so Tommy was like, gets up really slowly. And my dog's like a nervous wreck, but she's a big dog. So he got up really slowly, and she just realized he was moving, <laughs> and like started doing this like tried to jump up and was like doing the circular scramble <laughs> and you know the anal gland thing yes sprayed anal gland oh, and no. Tommy and I just stood there like oh, oh my god dude you gotta get horrible. in there and you gotta get in there and release that stuff man oh, you gotta come on that's what horrible. they do if you take them to the vent I felt so bad I felt bad for her because she I was like the fact that she would panic so hard by like and he's like a gentle giant he got up he's like well I guess I'll go you know and like literally got up real slow <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like, the dog I'm gonna die I thought you said the dog was going to panic and just rubbed its ass in circles. You know how the oh, dogs no. do that Jeez. when they because that's the anal. I didn't realize it all this time. I thought they were just trying to clean their butts. It's an and anal it turns gland. It's an anal gland thing. Oh, that's gross. why they drag their asses across the floor. Gross, gross. They're trying to release whatever the <laughs> fuck. Which is still disgusting, uh, by the way. Yeah. Just to be clear, okay, Mr. Muffin Pants doesn't have any poop in his ass that he's trying to rub out. <laughs> However, he's releasing whatever the wait, Muffin Pants. No, I call anybody it's an <laughs> animal that that's I don't know, Mr. Muffin, Mr. Muffin Pants. You know. Right, there's everybody. There was a time where everybody named buttons their animals and socks like, and the, the cutest and name you possibly and could. And yeah, I call, and whenever I don't know someone's dog's name, I just call him uh, Gary. Yeah, well, you won't have to do that here. We got Gary yeah, and Frank. We have a Gary dog. We have Gary and Frank. Yeah, <laughs> well, we inherited Frank, I and I was that. like, we can't have Frank and Muffin Pants. Right. It's got to be another name. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe you should just name a dog Muffin Pants. I don't know. I'm sure there is a cat or a dog that's named somewhere. Muffin Pants somewhere. I'm yeah. thinking that's a was a pretty good way to wrap it up. A Muffin Pants? On just you guys talking about how you should name animals. And animal yeah. an, oh, an, an, anal glands. Can I just say one thing? Of course. In conclusion. <laughs> I, you do, he I, does end this show with a fart. Just so, no, no. So to, to yeah. take the high road on I anal glands. very, very <laughs> upper echelon. Super classy. <laughs> Uh, I want to <coughs> thank you guys uh, for inviting me to come along and uh, and hang out for a little bit. And yeah, it was dude. really fun. Well, you it was great meeting you. Do you, you know what we found out a lot about you without doing a traditional, straightforward storytelling? By the way, just yeah, so you know. we kind of <laughs> did. A, uh, hope this cubist way of doing a podcast worked for you. Yeah, absolutely. And when is do you have an idea of when the next Cam Don Yes show is? I don't okay. yet because but keep your eyes we have on a it. Couple things coming up that are going to slow us down a little bit for in that in a positive way though in a positive yeah, way positive. which is great Butterfly but effect. so we're going to be making more stuff like we're going to keep jamming stuff into like the the, the glands and like all that stuff into the instaglands yeah instaglands bro <laughs> instaglands what's the so what's the handle again on instagram oh, on is, instagram um, it's at, uh, at symbol and then cam don yes <laughs> and that's how where it all started was on instagram and that turned into a live show or it was it which started one? on instagram we were just making stuff so we have a lot of like if you go on there there's a lot of weird Stuff, yeah, little cartoons, little sketches, little bits, all like. kinds of stuff. Yeah, and we also have a little. We have the longer versions of some of that stuff on YouTube, but Instagram has been the most fun, I think, of just like quickly accessing stuff. Which I just want to. I want to just kind of jump out and jump back in. What I what I find inter- interesting about that whole thing is that obviously you are, you are working quite a bit. You were talking about you're, you know mm-hmm. you're you're actually having a good run. You know from from a work an actual work standpoint, mm-hmm. right? 
and you create this Instagram, and the, it, it's a lot of work to do live shows. So I find it very interesting. You must really love doing it because it's to say, you know, what, screw it, let's just go do a live show. It's not oh, as dude. simple as just going right. to do a live show. It requires you. So you, you well, obviously have the passion, yeah. and so does obviously you know the guy you're doing it with. You have to have that, you know, because right. otherwise, what is the point of all it's this? That's a lot. It's of It's just the best. I mean, and uh, again, I know I'm making this like exit moment like so much longer, but right. like to the. We credit. say goodbye 16 times <laughs> no, in the show, bye. and then John farts. To the credit of uh, Dynasty Typewriter and Jamie and uh, Vanessa and Jessica for giving us the opportunity to put that up and being like, yeah, this is so, what you guys want to do is so weird. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> and they let us, like, roll the dice. And, like, John, you were there. Like, it was, the first one was absolutely bonkers. Yeah, well, the first one was great and, and all confined to the stage. They have, like, multiple setups within the Dynasty Theater, and by the time they did the second one, so many people were coming back that they needed to use the big theater. Right. So it was a different experience for sure. And then we tried to serialize a bunch of stuff and did more interactive video. So like the 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 passion for doing it is like partially the the fun of collaborating. Like for instance, like John and I like we had an outline of the like you want to do this and he's like, "Yeah, I'll do this. Let me come up with some stuff." And then we worked together on it. You know, so it's like everybody we're kind of like working with our friends to kind of like produce these pieces. And they become segments. And then in the moment, it's like throw the script away and everyone kind of knows where it's going. And then we just kind of like work through it. So that's the fun of, yeah, it's just like, it's like its own like weird art form. And then what Cameron and I do, the reason we space them out so far is because we do so much post-production. It's a lot of work, like, man. It's yeah. a lot of work. I mean, you see it like all the, I mean, this, the Just the video thing. editing alone is fucking it's tedious crazy. and crazy. Yeah, and some of that stuff, like in the next couple months, I'm going to repurpose <clears throat> to get on the Instagram and stuff so people can see it. But like, you know, we had a fake funeral at the last one for a character. I don't know if you told you about any of this stuff. Um, no. But like, you know, we had this video where she like goes into heaven and it's like a whole thing. But like, and that's partially the genius of Cameron is he's like, you know, a wizard with like After Effects and yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like an open palette to do like an amazing fun thing. So hopefully we can keep growing it. You can come in as the animal trainer. As the animal trainer, uh, John will continue to be the ghost of the Hayworth Theater. I'm the ghost. I wear a napkin. Right. Oh. He wears. He's so tiny, tall. And the only tiny. that was the necessity of the day. On the day I was like, we have a bigger sheet than this, right? And, and uh, my girlfriend's like, no, this is the all we have is this tablecloth that only comes to here on John. <laughs> so I'm like, putting my face ghost, through it, like powders his face, and we put his head through this thing, but it only comes down to like here on him. So he's like, what? I'm a ghost. That's <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, John's like, don't worry, guys, I have this pillowcase with two eyes. You're like, <laughs> basically, that's oh, a hood. That's an odd thing that you'd be carrying <laughs> around yeah. with you. Well, the things first, we learn about John. <laughs> John was like, in the beginning, he's like, here's the thing, though, I just don't want to look like I'm in the clan or something. <laughs> we're like, don't worry, we will not. You know, we'll cut it so it looks different. I didn't want the pointy ghost hat. <laughs> right? No, not the pointy ghost hat. The regular flat one. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I was just wanted to make sure I gave Dynasty proper props on the yeah, record. Yeah, no, no. They've been doing they, a lot of good stuff and letting people like you come in there oh, and yeah. create, you know, original shows and kind of uh, off-center type deals, oh, yeah. you know? and being 100% enthusiastic resource-wise. Like, you know, and they've had roles in the shows, like, you know, yeah. integrating them into bits. And, like, it's just re- kind of remarkable to... And it's given me a, a really sorry. I'm going on and on, and, no. and I'll get off my. This is box. your fifteenth goodbye. Right. I told you we do sixteen, so you're okay. Okay, I'm almost there. So it just has given me a lot of heart and like hope going into the new year. That like these um these if you put in the you know if you you are patient, you will find the people that you want to work with, and like 
hopefully we'll keep just growing this thing in a really fun way. So anyway, that's no, but I think that's key. And I think when it, like when it, like I write a lot with Brian, I write a lot with Eddie. Like when you can work with people that you genuinely enjoy and and find funny. Yeah. That and and I and it's cliche to say it doesn't feel like work, but probably because I'm not getting paid for any of it. But right. Um. But it doesn't well, feel like work, and it's that. like and it's really. And it's really, it can be really rewarding, and it's just fun to know that you can create something that'll, that'll entertain other people. Yeah. And it's all like, you know, how often does someone give you a platform that is like, that place is a place people want to be. I mean, yeah. they, which I'm so honored that, you know, Conan does stuff there. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler, you know, had a residency yeah. there. I mean, it's kind of incredible to be basically, they're just like, yeah, you can, you give it a try too. You know, I'm like, What? It's like I don't know. Yeah, but when they they saw something like there. That, it's, yeah, it really means a lot. So, and it's just outside of downtown, correct? Yeah, it's right off of uh, Wilshire. Yeah, it's right off. It's on, on Wilshire, Wilshire, right yeah. next to closer to like MacArthur Park. It's the yeah. old Hayworth Theater. There's production offices above, and then the the theater down below. The Dynasty Typewriter, the place to be in Los Angeles. Yeah, and if you're not in LA, these are the types of places like when you come out here and you visit and you're looking for something off the beaten path, yeah, like to not the traditional stuff. <clears throat> This would be a great place to, you know, I mean, a lot of people think like improv, Laugh Factory, Comedy Store, or UCB. And those are great like places this is too. And they but, are. That, but, I'm not, I'm not yeah. putting them down. I'm just saying yeah. it's like, yes, those things do exist. But then if you, if you, you know, these, these are the types of new things, up and coming things that, you know, if you're in town, you should really start looking into places like this, yeah. especially if you're looking for other, more flavor. You know yeah. what I mean? Right, right, right. And it's, and it's, I think it's like you have, uh, all the Largo stuff and it's Largo it's, too, oh, yes. Yeah, and Largo is amazing too. But I feel like this, you know, they have their own language over here. So it's like, it's an exciting time. It's scary because all those venues were closing like earlier this year. You know, like uh, the iOS uh, closed. That, was that happening in the stand up as much, or like are the same spots kind of still active? <laughs> same. I mean, stand up's very no, no, nomadish. <laughs> well, um, especially. I mean, as a former stand up, uh, right. what I can are say. Are you really quitting? If 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 you're, t- I mean, the, the clubs you're are still quick. there, but like rooms and, and bars will you're flip back. over and shows will disappear and come yeah. and go. You know, it's it's very uh, fluid. It's, there's yeah. not a lot of um, longevity for a room or a show. So when something does run for a really long time, it's like, well, we're having a five year anniversary. That's a pretty big deal because you've kept something going, yeah. even if it's once a month for five years. That's still insane. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing to do. And, and that's one of the things I give those guys at dynasty immense credit for is that they, they've created their own, they've created their own space within that. And I, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to help them keep it going as long as possible. Yeah. And that's good for everybody. You've been an amazing guest. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. Thank you, Don. That was great. You guys great. have been amazing hosts. Well, we, <laughs> come on, we know that. I mean, look at us, you know, your greatest quality. No, seriously, John, look at us. Take, take my podcast. My, my, <laughs> Is my endless, limitless modesty. My limitless modesty and my podcasting abilities. Yeah. I think those are my two greatest qualities. And I just, I just, uh, I want you guys to know that. Uh, thank you for letting me get back into comedy. You guys oh, you are gonna, really. You're gonna, you're gonna get back. I'm in? back. No, I just. He just told me. I, he invited oh. me back in. Yeah, oh. I was like, you're back in. I was like, oh. you're not out. You need one at least one formal invitation to get back in. Otherwise, you can't. Get, but if you if you right. leave and no one invites you back, you can't. <laughs> you go back might in. as well right. keep walking. <laughs> hey, it's like a vampire. What do you no one's inviting me back. What are you doing here? Did somebody ask Did you to come back? Did, I mean, Did somebody specifically say... Were you say, invited to oh, this Don show? Oh, me on the podcast, and I am back in, so <laughs> now you got to book me. I got a lot of new material on traffic, and right. I got a lot of new... <laughs> on traffic, traffic in my in basement life. where I've been hiding right. for the last 
Don, don't where leave can, comedy. Where can so they can find at Cam Don Yes you on Instagram? You can go uh, www.camdonyes.com or you can go to uh, at symbol Cam Don Yes on Instagram. C A M D O N Y E S. Yeah. And just start saying yes, everybody. Yep. C A M, not C O M. What did I say? C- I said Cam. Oh, my God. Don't. Cam Don. At symbol C A M D O N Y E S. That's right. Be positive. Butterfly, butterfly effect is butterfly. Real. Check out the toys that made us if you haven't yet. Butterfly it's gland effect. <laughs> butterfly glanding. Don't excite and anyone's take dog. Your dog to get the their anal gland squeezed at the vet. At the vet. <laughs> not <laughs> not makes them more comfortable. Not by having a friend scare the scare uh, the, <laughs> scare the gland. Scare we the are gl- learning a lot today, everybody. Learning oh, a lot. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody at home. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Is that, uh, is that the last goodbye? <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was sixteen. There it is. There that we go. was Yay! it, guys. Um, Time to fake fart. <laughs> yep. All right. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 